Hello and welcome to not just a new decade, but also a second anniversary and also the third year of the Film 89 podcast. I'm Sky and I'm one of the editors over at Film89.co.uk and another one of those film and television loving writer editor types is the good man to my left. Merry New Year, my friends! Beef jerky, anyone? <laughs> hey, podcasts, it's Neil Caskin. Good to be back and Happy New Year for 2020. And to my left, well, last year we lost a vital member of the team who doesn't actually do any writing, but, you know, likes to come on and shoot the shit on the podcast and ask Mr. Jim Cottle. Well, it's official now. The dead have spoken, for he has risen. Mr. Jim Cottle, welcome back. Good evening. <laughs> I have no idea how he's back with us. It's totally inexplicable, but quite uh, fitting, really, given what we're going to be talking about later. He's back, and that's all you need to know. Exactly, yeah. No no explanation needed. And on tonight's episode, we go back to the topic that was the core of our debut episode back in January 2018. Back to that galaxy far, far away to bring you our in-depth and very much spoiler-filled verdict on not one, but two new Star Wars properties. First off, we have episode 9 of the main Star Wars saga, The Rise of Skywalker, and we'll also be reviewing the first season of Disney's new flagship Star Wars television show, The Mandalorian. Now, The Mandalorian isn't available everywhere or to everyone just yet, so if you don't want to have it spoiled, then halfway through, we'll be taking a lightsaber to the episode and cutting it clean in half. So if you just want to listen to our Rise of Skywalker review, then jump ship after we give our final score of 10 for that. Then come back to us later once you've seen the new Disney Plus show. So, gents, let's go back to... Uh, Do we have to? Yeah, yeah come on. We've got to, really, because, okay. you know, this, this new Star Wars trilogy that started in 2015 with The Force Awakens, you know, it is... You know, it's, it's the third main trilogy, really, isn't it? We're all big Star Wars fans, yeah? Oh, massive. That's no secret. Jim, start with you. Where did you sort of stand in your love of Star Wars when you went into this film? When I went to The, the Rise, of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker, it was on the floor, if I'm honest with you, Sky. I I was deeply, deeply, deeply upset and disappointed with The Last Jedi. I was walked out of that. Now, you, you went on our Last Jedi episode, were you? That was me, no, was Neil and Richie. Um, I think then... But episode one. Yeah, episode one. But episode ten, when you, myself, and Steve did solo, we did talk about the Last Jedi, didn't yeah. we? Yes. Obviously, you made it quite clear that, much like me, you're not a fan of that film. No. Have you seen it since? <gasps> no, I couldn't bring myself to see it. I couldn't. I just couldn't. I almost walked out of it. Yeah. I don't want to see it again ever. Now, in the interest of fairness and trying to be as objective, and, and also, I've I've always been a, a strong proponent, as you know, Neil, in it of that very important second viewing. How many times have I watched a film, Neil, not liked it? And then you've seen me come round to that film. Well, I think we both did. We did. There were several films. Iron Man three being the prime example. Yeah, yeah. Iron Man two. I was saying. Yeah, yeah. A film which I didn't enjoy on first viewing for whatever reason, and then as I've watched it subsequent times, Steve Amos in particular was saying, "Look, give it another go. I'll lend you the Blu-ray. Watch it again." So I watched it again, and my opinion didn't really change on it at all. Now, eager listeners who, who may want to go back and listen to that episode, I think I give it four out of ten. I'll be honest. Since then. You know, in the two years plus which have passed, my opinion of that film has not improved at all. If anything, it's probably gone into negative equity. I, uh, <laughs> I, I look. I'm not going to put myself in that camp of people who like vehemently hate the Last Jedi, but um, I'm in the camp of the people who strongly dislike the Last <laughs> Jedi. Yeah. If there's any any difference there, I'm not going to go into the reasons why. Um, just at, at the moment, I'm sure that that film is going to come up throughout this episode. Now I'm going to be slightly fairer. Because it's unlike you, no, I, I know he's, always, he's always fair. He's always I'm going to be slightly fairer. Coming up to this film, it was the first time that a Star Wars film has ever come out that I literally wasn't bothered if I didn't see it. 
we nearly had to talk. Yeah, you had to see literally yes. yeah, talk. Because I, mean, I was Christ. literally just like, after the last Jedi, I was like, they're not having any more of my money. Oh. I, I got into Solo, not wanting to see Solo. I was on the record of saying this doesn't need to be done. Obviously, you had all the bad press with that. You know, Lord and Miller getting fired. Uh, crap sort of box office taken threat. Watched it, was pleasantly surprised by it yeah. and quite enjoyed it. Did you see it in the cinema? I did. I did see it. I think it was about a week after the podcast. And again, right. that was literally... So I think primarily so I could listen to the podcast basically I went yeah, to watch yeah. it but coming up to this when I thought you know what I'm going to be fair The Force Awakens we could all trot sorry, we could all trot out about how it's a soft reboot and stuff like that and it, it is to a certain degree and I thought but I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch the two preceding films if I'm going to put myself through going to see The Rise of Skywalker watching The, the Force Awakens again I wasn't as generous as I was on first viewing because I Right from the start, I was thinking there's so many missed opportunities here. You by the stage of me rewatching it, I kind of forgotten the film was a, <laughs> a former stormtrooper. Yeah, I kind of forgotten the sort of anguish of Kylo <laughs> Ren, you know, being torn between the dark and the light. And it left me more disappointed. Now, having watched The Rise of Skywalker again, and I'm putting my guard up right now, I'm <laughs> not going to say I enjoyed this film anymore because I I didn't. It's a train wreck. It's a travesty. But what I will say is, I came away with not as much hatred for Ryan Johnson. Because I thought, you know what? The guy's tried to do something different. Now, all I'm saying to everyone now when I'm watching The Mandalorian, and then I'll come later on, is at least it's not following the same formula. And ah, I can the see, formula. Now, I can see You'll with The Rise of... I, I can see with uh, The Last Jedi why it doesn't work. There's a million reasons why it doesn't work. But I've got a sort of glimmer of... Not, not, not respect, but a glimmer of sort of acceptance of what he was trying to do however what I will say is you don't do that in the middle of a trilogy you don't do that in the, minute, in the middle of a three film story arc and that's where that film for me is unforgivable right. can I just pause you there and we'll go back into exactly where, where I, I yeah. cut you off there apologies but guys and girls listen to this now you may well be expecting a synopsis from us a breakdown of the plot look best of luck you're, gonna, you're, you're either going to have already seen the film you know we're going to be Hearing this film, and I don't know, I don't mean negatively. There will be huge spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> We're going to be laying this film to bear. We're going to go in with the assumption that you've already seen it. You know, by the time this episode is, we're going to be, you know, well into the first, maybe second week of January. We're just hoping that you already would have seen the film, or if you haven't got any interest in watching the film, then hopefully you know, you'll at least get some sort of entertainment from our uh, inane ramblings. But yeah, going back to what you were saying there, Neil, there's been a, a huge sort of backlash against Ryan Johnson, hasn't there, with The Last yeah. Jedi. But then also, it's there's gone the a, other way. There's, there's a, been a huge acceptance and a huge yeah, defense of it that, as well. You know, yeah. there's, there's been this recent hashtag, uh, thank you, Ryan Johnson. Well, I, I think I think there's a lot of that going on now on the back of this film. But I also think when the film first came out, I mean, we've got several people that we consider as friends. Mm-hmm. And, we, you know, it shows the sort of forgiveness we've got in our hearts so we still accept them into our <laughs> lives. <laughs> True. That... Tell us they liked the film, but can't ever really tell us why they liked the film. You know, I will die on the hill of, I am waiting for yeah. someone, for these these vehement defenders of The Last Jedi, to give me a detailed breakdown as to what is so great about that film, as to what works and how it works. Because I think, you know, the actual message of it about letting the past die, yeah, and, yeah. you know, not everything revolves around Luke Skywalker, not everything revolves around Darth Vader, not everything revolves around the Sith and the Jedi, of course. is a message that you need to put out in a future film. Yeah. But when you're doing the Skywalker saga, mm-hmm. and this is the, the trilogy, yeah. the final trilogy of the Skywalker saga, it seems like 
you're putting the cart before the horse a little bit there. Right, not to shit too much on the last year, because I'll be honest with you, I, I just go not, back and listen to episode one. Yeah, listen to episode one, or you know, I've I've written a, a four thousand seven hundred word piece for the site, which last week I reread my piece. I haven't read this since it was published, yeah. and I probably wouldn't change a word of that. And I was actually surprisingly positive about it in certain aspects. There are, there are elements of that but, film you can be positive. Oh, definitely, don't get me wrong, which is why I scored that film a 4 out of 10, because there are things about that film I like. The things about the film I don't like, I dislike to such a degree, it almost the rip, brings the, me out of the, the hives. Rip, the ripping down of a hero, the flying nun space princess. The, yeah, that was really <laughs> And just, you could just, you could just carry on with the, all these the, things the, the, the biggest offending thing for me yeah. is the politics that he puts in it. Well, yeah. yeah. Right. Was... Why does Ryan Johnson have to introduce these paper-thin female characters who are without flaw, and then he has to denigrate the male characters in order wow. to make those female characters look better... Instead of, Ryan, why don't you just write better female characters? Because don't give me this shit about Star Wars never having strong female characters. The The original trilogy, Leia was the one that had her shit together, as I've said before. Mm -hmm. Luke was the one that didn't know what the hell he was doing. It's a common trick. We talked about it in the Terminator episode. We talked about it in the Captain Marvel episode. We mentioned about Wonder Woman. It's it's a common trait, isn't it? You know, know, like we've always said before, you know, if you look for a prime example, look at the amount of hate that the 2016 Ghostbusters get. Yeah. And then watch it. Equality comes at a balance of everything being equal. (laughs) And unfortunately, Hollywood now seems to go the other way, doesn't Mm. it? It seems that... You know the social justice warriors and and the the far left who think that putting these female characters on screen and making them all flawless is is, is something that should be encouraged. It's not no. because you want your character to follow the hero's journey. The, the hero's journey. <laughs> yeah. Just make them female, and it's not a new big thing. James Cameron was doing it decades Years ago. ago. And, and I was going to say, Ridley Scott did it in nineteen seventy nine. I was going to say, if you look at Star Wars as being a benchmark for sort of summer blockbusters that set the standard for what studios were trying to do with like sort of, I suppose, what they would have called then temple movies on. It set the standard for telling the story in a long form. It set the standard for having a flawed hero, whether that be male or female, or and learning with that person and developing with that person. Character development. Yeah. 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 A lot of what fell down with the Ray character for me from the Force Awakens my rewatches. I know this again. I'm tracking. I'm trapping out things that people have said a million times before. People say the Mary Sue and all this. It's not so much that Luke was a, like a whiny little shitbag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all thing. wanted to be Han. Yeah, everyone I mean, I wanted, to be, wanted to be Luke. To do it this way now, and to to go back to sort of everyone's perfect to begin with. The only flaw character you had in The Force Awakens, the only interesting character you had in The Force Awakens, really speaking, was Finn. Oh, don't get me started. Finn. Right, John Boyega seems like a really likeable guy. Every, every interview I've seen of him. He's a good actor. He, good, yeah, he's a good actor. Good but good I think he's definitely been given short shrift here. Well, and I'll, I'll go back to my Force Awakens piece that, that I did for the site where one of my biggest problems with it was the way that Finn's story was handled. The fact that he's this stormtrooper who, because I think Disney was trying to play it all squeaky clean, he never killed anyone. No, he's killing all of his brothers. Right. Well, the interesting point with that is when Finn turns to from the bad side to the good side. But he never like, was on the bad side, clearly, was he? But it was almost like the, the, the clue was in the title, The Force Awakens, something told him to. Yeah. It was the first time he'd ever seen Stormtroopers. You, we were used to seeing Stormtroopers go, ah, and fall off logs, basically. Yeah. <laughs> he was the first one where we'd seen the sort of blood-splattered helmet, we'd seen, and you almost saw The Force Awakening in him. In yeah. him. 
Now, he's force sensitive or whatever it's alluded to in his third film. Very thinly. But it's Very more thin. a case it's more a case of the forces in everyone. The the forces, good and bad, it's your conscience. Yeah. And that was the point where he turned around. That's something they come back to in this film, the new characters again, which are former stormtroopers. But to me, that's like just a complete waste of opportunity. You had a guy who's like I say, he's you know, a good standard actor, decent actor. Yeah. When we offer the first trailer for the Force Awakens, all right, we were all impressed with a sort of huge destroyer buried yeah. in the sand. Yeah. But the, the the thing that was coming out of all of us was a stormtrooper is going good. Yeah. And that was the most yeah. interesting there's, part. There's a story. <laughs> there's there a story. Yeah. We've come through to the end of this trilogy now, and it's not been followed through anywhere near to the degree it should. In but fact, he, ha- not, he not has got to say woo a lot. He's got to say oh. woo a lot. <laughs> my, my, main, my main problem with the, with the Last Jedi was at the end of it. I felt it had nowhere to go. It, it finished it, yeah, up on that little so many kid. Doors. Well, it, it was almost like Ryan Johnson said, I've, I've, I've ruined this trilogy. If it stops now, it can stop here. I'm, f- I'm focused on this kid. That He's the future. Well, that was always We've the thing. They killed the they, big they, bad. They, they, would allude, they, would, they would allude him, weren't they, to him having his own trilogy. And it was almost as if he was more trying to kill off the existing property to start his property, was my sort of thought. It's sanity. Yeah. It's sanity. With one more, with one more film to go. Guys, <laughs> Is, is this is it right to you that the biggest problem with all three of these films is just a complete and utter lack of any planned story? I, where, where is the overarching well, narrative? Where is the where is the evidence that when J.J. Abrams started in 2015 with the first film with Episode Seven, where is the evidence of any planned story? Well, arc? there's none. I was having this argument with someone today who was telling me they enjoyed the film. Again, they couldn't tell me what they enjoyed about this new film, other than the action pieces were good, the CGI was good. Oh, Just really? like, and I was like, you, you could go watch Fast and Furious and say that, mate. It doesn't mm. make a Star Wars film. Yeah. I, I, I hate bringing up the MCU because the MCU is the sort of gold standard for setting up a franchise, if you like. But here's here's the thing. You get someone in the MCU, Kevin Feige in the MCU, who thinks 10 years ahead. These films don't seem to think 10 minutes ahead. They're coming out on record saying it. They're coming out on record saying there's no plan, there was no contingency. Ryan Johnson was given the biggest fucking franchise in the world. How many times have you seen something that big and it's got one writer? It's crazy. And it's the director. You can just go off and do what he wants. But but with that as well, you've you've got that second story... There is a story there. I, I, that's an interesting story to see what happened to Leah and, and Han's son. Yeah. That's an interesting story. Yeah. I'm, I'm down yeah. with that. Gone to the dark side. Luke's tried to train him. That I've got no problem with that. That's that sounds like it. That's great. But just the way it's been delivered is just rubbish. Yeah, I agree, Jim. I agree. And you've got to. I want to say as well. We're, we're, so far, we've picked on Finn and we've picked on Kylo, and we've said these could be the main characters. I will say the same thing. Just to counterbalance. Had they given Ray a proper storyline, yeah, this could have run with just her, yeah, yeah. Because as we all know now, Ray is, oh god, she is the granddaughter of Palpatine. No explanation, just is. No explanation, Neil. You've got a little bit of useful information that seems to have come to light in recent days about the rise of Skywalker or the film that maybe we could have had. There's rumours, rumours at a foot that. JJ is not happy with this. As much as we got the hashtag release the Snyder Cut, we're going to get a hashtag release the JJ Cut by the looks of it. By all accounts, this film is supposed to be 35 to 40 minutes longer, and the first 20 minutes have been cut from this film. I'm not going to use the Marvel standard. Let's look at the. Let's look at the. Let's look at the. Let's look at the. Let's look at the DC standard, where Justice League was allegedly three hours long, but was cut down to two hours long. The reason being, and Warner Brothers were quite frank in admitting this, 
if we do two hour screenings, we can get one more screening day, we'll make more money. I'm not saying the Star Wars is following the same model, but it does appear yeah. that they are following but, the same model. Would 20, how long, how much longer did you say it was? 40 minutes. Oh, 40, 40 minutes, yeah, that's going to make a big difference. Now, what you've got to yeah. think is, and this is, this is the thing I said with the, with the Justice League, and I don't think I've ever said it on air, but I've definitely said it to both you guys before, but I'll repeat it anyway. Some of these Marvel films, if you look at Endgame, it's clocking almost three hours. It was three hours, one minute. Yeah. Yeah, it was over three hours. So you're not getting as many screens. But the thing is, people are going back to watch Endgame three and four times. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you're making more money. It's correct not rocket I'm, science. Correct me if I'm wrong. You'll have Avengers Endgame three hours and one minute. Yeah. Um, what's the um, What film holds a record for biggest box office of all time now? Ooh. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. But... And why is that? Because people went back to fucking watch it again, again and, and again and again. Because exactly. it was a good film. A Same film. reason why Avatar held the record for so long. Mm. Aside from the fact that, yeah, you were paying... Upwards of maybe eighteen pounds or God knows how many dollars for a three D IMAX showing, which you know back in what's, what's Avatar two thousand and nine. How many times have any of us had this conversation? Shall we go and watch this film that isn't very good again? No, I don't Never. want to see it. It wasn't no. very good. No, oh, it's, about it. but it's under two hours. Come on, then, boys, let's go. It never happens, never does it? Happen. <laughs> it happen. You're not going to see it. I don't understand why this logic is applied. I don't understand why studios just just not understanding what they need to do. They need to right. Forget running time. Yeah. I know there's a big argument that you know, a lot of people say, you know, the ideal film is, I think Woody Allen said, he said, give me any film, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to tell you, you know, easily how to make it better. I'll, I'll cut 30 minutes out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's looking at, there's so many films these days where the editing is just, is just either, you know, the, the, the pacing is off or they just don't. Hey, if you could edit the film and keep the story punchy and keep it worth watching and, yeah. make, and make it make coherent sense. Yeah. Then get it under two hours and all for mm, it. Yeah. If you've got a three-hour story, tell a three-hour story. Yeah. That's basically you know it's not, it's again this is not brain surgery. If, look, if you can, hard. <laughs> right, usual suspects off the top of your head. What's the running time of that film? Jeez. Bearing in mind oh. how dense that story is, I'd say uh, two hours. Two hours, yeah. Right. Oh, I think it's that. I think it's an hour and forty-two yeah, minutes. But let's check. Because it's really right. well done. Let's consult with IMDb. Really well right. uh, but, but again, if you're looking from Star Wars point of view, the first three were blockbusters, like record breakers. They're not used to it. An, an, hour, an hour and 46 minutes. Such they, a dense story like that. They you, then go to the prequels and everyone's still so hyped up over the first three that they just go, yeah, I went to see all of them. Well, we were all blind to it. It was, it was great. You know, they were, they were okay comparatively with what we've just been served. And we were all like, well, we're not sure about the first one, not sure about the second one. But we still all went. But now they've got to the point where we were just like, oh, no, that's rubbish. Yeah, that that's is, the, is the rubbish. Thing, you've got to a stage with Star Wars now where the fan base is so divided. And they will wash their hands of it, I think. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of people are. And this is the thing. I, I guess well, I, this is, this is I why Solo ten, did so badly. I can badly, remember you this story. So was really the good. The first time we I went to watch Phantom Menace, I literally almost sort of grinned and bared it. And I was having a conversation with someone. I was like, between you and me, I didn't really like that. I flew to, I flew to the States for it. <laughs> but I was ashamed to admit I didn't the, like it. Because I thought there must be something wrong with yeah, it. Yeah, I know. The, the everyone else is it's great. Like, I, mean, I had to send a fax back to everyone in the fax. UK. Oh, yeah, pre, Pre-internet of what it, what it was like. So I was literally faxing people. To this day, right? It's a picture of a dog shit. It's not very good. <laughs> I, I will cite The Phantom Menace as one of the most disappointing films I've ever seen in the cinema. So so much so, and no, Attack of the Clones is, is no. The see, no, I, I went into Attack of the Clones with such low expectations yeah. that I actually came up with Attack of the Clones, thinking, you know what? In comparison 
to the Phantom Menace. That, for me, was a much more enjoyable I went the other experience. way because I thought they'd go on the boring stuff all the way. Now we're going to get some good action. They set the story up. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I, it was going to be good. To this day, I, I will I will happily watch Attack of the Clones. Oh, and I know that's the unpopular opinion and over the Phantom Menace. And this is the Jango thing. Fett this, in it. And this is the thing you've got to work that you've got to work with now is the fact that when you had Star Wars. You know, some of the reviews for the Empire Strike Back. Yeah. Some of the, the sort of professional critics don't like that film, but it was massive success. There was fan love straight away. Then when Jedi came out three years later, it was you know it was the build of something amazing. In between all those films, we have films like the Battlestar Galactica film. We yeah. have Battle Beyond the Stars. We, we have did. the Black Hole. Black Hole. I right. love the Black Hole. Mm-hmm. But none of these films were really punching their weight against Star Wars, were they? God no. It the was Phantom Menace was came out. No. The Phantom Menace came out. Within two weeks, The Matrix was out. Yeah. 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 The Rise of Skywalker's coming out in the same year that Endgame's coming out. Mm-hmm. So you've got to you've got to you know you've got to put the rounds in here yeah? because if you yeah. don't, you're going to get caught cold in the first round, mate. Yeah. Because the competition now is a lot, lot tougher. A lot tougher. You know, when it comes to franchise stuff, you know. Yeah. But, but yeah, going going on from um, Last Jedi to uh, Rise of Skywalker, I was like, I don't know what they've got to no. do. There's nothing right. left to no. do. We've we'll killed the big bad. We yeah. don't really care. We couldn't what actually happens. remember. Yeah, we we you would. You two had only seen this film once. Yeah. By the time I think I'd seen the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. So we, before we knew right. that the Empire, me, the Empire was going to be. I've got to say something right, and this yeah. is going to be for Richie Roberts' benefit. Now, I went to see this film with Richie Roberts, yeah. obviously he was you know one of the core film at United team, and James Pierce, who was with us for the Avengers Endgame episode. Yeah. Now, coming out of that film, me and Richie, we we had a, a, a discussion about the film afterwards, and. I came out of it, as you guys know, I was quite a bit more positive about the film than I expected to be. Simply because, I can't put too fine a point on it, my dislike for The Last Jedi has got under my skin so much that even now this film doesn't bother me as much as The Last Jedi does, even though the list of flaws in this film is probably as long. It's probably higher. Yeah, it probably honest. is. Because there's so much more condensed because in Because as film. well as the mistakes they're making, they're also trying yeah. to repair the mistakes that yeah. were made because previously. When you put an hour, the past, yeah. Yeah, but when you put an hour and a half space pursuit in The Last Jedi, that's one big flaw. <laughs> so that, that takes one box of how many flaws, but then that takes up an hour and a half of screen time. It, I know it's not that long, but it seems like it. <laughs> With this film, and one of the things I said to Richie was, I was thinking, do you know, Rich, at the moment, and my brain hadn't had anywhere near the amount of time it needed to process all the stuff I'd seen. And it, it, you know, it goes down to the editing of the film. So much stuff is chucked at you and is chucked on screen in you know two hours and twenty one minutes that it's impossible to process it straight away. And I actually said to Richie, I said, "Look, in the subsequent episode we're going to be recording, I'm probably going to be trying to." Be quite gracious about it. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, and formally a defence for this film. Knowing at the time, I saw The Last Jedi five days before it was released. I saw a preview screening. Mm. There was no such li- uh, luxury with this. The actual UK debut, I think, was the night before the general release. Yeah. Well, it's almost as if they knew they were trying they, to not yeah, damage yeah. limitation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so they, you know, this goes to Richie. Yeah, Rich, I know you were expecting me to go against what Neil and Jim's opinion of this film is, but as time passes and as I just absorb more of what, what I've seen, this it, is not it a good film. Sense. My initial opinion. I mean, I saw the film three, four days after you guys, which is like I say, it's shocking to think that a big sort of event movie like this yeah. is coming out, and I'm going, ah, wait till the weekend. Yeah, I, mean, I took a day off work to go and watch Endgame. I'm watching it, and it's like I said to you afterwards. I said. You, you know, you were like, oh, go on, what do you think? And you were ready for, like, the, the vitriol and the anger. I just went, I'm not even mad. 
you know, I'm just, no. I'm just like, I've just accepted that. I've calmed down. I've calmed down. I've actually got madder as these have gone I, on because people are yeah. telling me they like it. Yeah. No. I, I, I wasn't. Everyone's right. dislike it. No point. Right, as this film angered me because going into it, I think we were at such a piss poor place with Star Wars. Give the fact that Ryan Johnson had done what he had done. He'd closed so many doors. There'd been no plan from the start anyway. So I'm not going to lay all of the blame to him. A lot of the blame. You, you've got to start at the top. Mm-hmm. What's Kathleen Kennedy's role in all of this? Well, she's, Kevin, the Kev- she's the Kevin Feige. Exactly. This, Kevin this Feige is the overseer of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He has got a hand in every one of these films. I know there's people that say, well, that stifles the, the individual creativity of, of each of the directors. But it hasn't. It seems to be, seems Kenneth, to be good, all right. Kenneth Branagh. There you go. Anyone it hasn't. Soul, right? you I was going to say, you look at yeah. the sort of diversity of the directors we've had for this. And people have bemoaned the fact that Edgar Wright got pretty much kicked off Ant-Man. Yeah. I like Ant-Man, though. Ant-Man as he stands is still no a decent, a fit, a very decent film. Well, so perhaps he just wanted a good fit. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he had, you had Edgar Wright and Joe Furnish writing the original uh, screenplay for Ant-Man. These are two people that if you said to me right now, we're going to do a new Star Wars trilogy, who would you like to write and direct? Oh, hell yeah. Really? I'd be coming up with Joe yeah. Furnish and Edgar Wright straight away. As yeah. being prime I, I think so maybe I'm not going to slag them off. No. But what I'm going to say is, perhaps they just weren't the right yeah. fit. But you know, these films are not common or garden films. They are part of an overarching story and narrative yeah, you know, I want you to do what you do yeah but in this framework that's right you know, and in the interest of fairness I mean if you look at Solo now with Miller, Phil Miller and uh, Chris Lowe was it um, they were sort of you know in the same sort of position as Edgar Wright where you know, a little bit further because they'd actually started filming where Kennedy came in and said look the tone of this is not right yeah you, you, you're going too, com- you're too comedic you, you know you're not getting this mm. are you and ta-da, basically, you have to yeah. go. So I'm going to be in the interest of fairness. If something's not working out, fix it. I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this film seems to be, something didn't work out last time. Mm. Something's not really working out this time, but we've got a release date. So we've got to get it out. They delayed Solo for three months, four months, and all the sort of bad press. I think that played more of a part in, A, nobody wanted to see a Han Solo prequel. No Star Wars fan wanted to see a Han Solo prequel. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. No. Then you chuck on the bad press of they've just sacked two directors plus they're delaying the film for another six months yeah. and you go, this is going to be a pile of steam. Yeah, pile. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you go into it thinking, I don't really want to see this and a lot of people go, I'm not going to go into it because I don't really want to see it. So they don't bother. And I think that was what happened with Solo. I think people who actually did go and see it were probably pleasantly surprised as we were. We were. But with this film, it seems to be a case of Kennedy going... We've got to get this out before Christmas. Yes. We've got to get that. We've got to take that big Jumanji too many, are we? <laughs> wow. It's funny. It's funny. I just watched Jumanji, the latest one today, and had a better plot. Jumanji had a better plot. I'm sat with than, you two. I'm the only one that hasn't seen Jumanji too. The, the only one who hasn't seen the Rock film. Than the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> and it's a video game. It's a movie it's about a dispo- video games. Like I mean, Jesus. Disposable popcorn movies, and there's a place in this world for those type of films. And it's like I said, you can't switch your brain off from, from, from uh, the Rise of Skywalker. And it's the difference with Star Wars. It's so you, fast. You, you've got yes. a, plus, you've got a sort of a, a certain standard of expectation there as well, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, my, my, my problem with it is so fast. And I say, I let the film first thing about the Emperor slide I was like okay it's nicely done Kylo's got his asses and about something he's he's no lightsabering people left right, right let's there. start at the beginning then okay go when the three of us sat there and the lights went out yeah. and that long time ago when the galaxy far far away came cool, up, I thought it was and, and the Star Wars Star Wars words you know the, the yeah, big the yellow cool, font cool right? even from the, the, the opening few notes I thought it maybe it's just me but it already doesn't feel like Star Wars because Agreed. I know that this story I'm being told, for me, yeah. is just being spoilt. Yes. And from that point of view, I don't want this to be Star Wars. But then, the opening crawl, the dead speak. 
Yeah. And at that point, James Pierce actually turned to myself and Richie and said, "Right then, guys, I'm going up." He was he was <laughs> he was jo- joking, yeah. but he had a point. Oh. The dead speak. I mean, come on! The whole opening crawl is it's, atrocious. It's you get, atrocious. You get to the point with that where are we being unfair? Are You're opening another bottle, eh? I am opening another bottle. Oh bottle, God! Yeah. <laughs> You've got to look. Are we looking at through this with rose-tinted spectacles? Is no, there, no, no. Shattered spectacles. No. Spectacles. Shattered what, glass what in my what eye. Saying, what I'm saying is, with the sort of return of the Jedi, there was a bit of a time leap. There was there was a sizable amount of time between the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And yet the story, the first 20 minutes, 15 minutes of that, yeah. this is how we tie up what mm. happened in the last film. Look, it was brilliant. Yeah, you know, this is, this is Luke's been away, he's been training as a Jedi, so mm. he's got more powers, we're going to display those powers now. Mm-hmm. They didn't feel the need to see him running through a forest no, and no, doing no, backflips no. over, oh, no, over no, cliffs no. or anything. He just basically turned up, he had more of a sort of self-confidence. It was almost as if it was Mark, darker. It was almost as if Mark Hamill was, what's that word? Acting. And we'd sort of, within, even as a child... I was like, oh, look, 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 looks a bit more confident. He looks yeah. a bit more badass. badass. I didn't say in the opening crawl, but I don't know, are we being a bit too hard on it? Perhaps they had to cover it and they just thought that's the best way to do it. No, but, uh, you know, you said about the critics and how they, they laid into the Return of the Jedi. If you, look at, if you look at the work that went into the Sarlacc pit, Jabba's palace, the puppetry, everything that was going on, it's massive. It's a massive, massive, massive undertaking. I got no problem with it. It's fantastic. It's really well okay, done. Okay, but um, look at that. The one main complaint everyone's got there is Boba Fett. You know the sort of short shrift that Boba Fett's given. I've never personally. I've always thought, look, sometimes shit just goes down. No matter how good you are, someone knocks you from behind. You fall into a big mouth of a monster in the desert. That's the way life is. Hmm. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I think that's been that's been taken care of subsequently in books and right. comics and all sorts. Of but what I'm saying is, if we were here now re- reviewing Return of the Jedi, we wouldn't be talking about how bad the opening crawl was. No, no. And perhaps the only complaint we'd have is Boba Fett. That, that Boba Fett character yeah. that we kind of liked in the second one got a bit of a short shrift. That'd be it. We wouldn't have any. No, I just like I just like the like, editor of the last yeah. three-way battle in space, battle on Endor, battle in the... Battle the in the, the last hour of Return of the Jedi is one the of the... best editing I've is, ever seen, I think. I, look, I, I, I'm fine with the Ewoks. I understand yeah. people's problems with them. Yeah. But looking at that, the final hour of that film, from an editing point of view and from phenomenal. a pacing point of view, it, yeah. is, it is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. It is absolutely phenomenal. That space battle, yeah, brilliant. to this day, which sounds ridiculous, 1983 this was, yeah. is now 2020 and we have not seen a space battle as good as that. The only time we've seen anything as close is Starship Troopers. Which yeah. had, yeah, but again, that wasn't your standard spaceships attacking each other. That was spaceships getting bombarded from a planet yeah. surface. Star Wars opened and closed the book on that on that genre, oh. really. I mean, Battlestar Galactica, about the TV series, had a good go. Well, there's nothing. There's nothing. Star games. Wars is basically, you know, even yeah. even Star Trek. Yeah, because well, it's never been given the same budget. Yeah, and and you know, Star Trek is is a different thing altogether. Yeah. Star Wars is science fantasy. Yes, Star Trek is very much. Science fiction as it should be. Yeah. It's, it's 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 commentating on us. It, it's it's us, but in the future, whereas Star Wars is it's, is it's, none of that. Yeah, it's something well, totally different. Well, yeah. It was. Well, yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> now, now Star Wars is is, is space politics. Yes, uh, unfortunately, well, it, it is. It is. It's it's space, that's not why we went. And space inducted thinking. That's right. There's, there's no two ways about it. Unfortunately, politics has seeped into Star Wars for and, no reason. Yeah, for no reason mm-hmm. because. If it is a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, should it really be reflecting the, the social ills of today? Yeah. Well, but this is the thing nowadays. You can't even tell an old, an old, an old tale without it coming into yeah. 
controversy well, because of this or that. One of the one of the most absurd things that I've I've, I've read. I, I'm not going to give it too much. Uh, I'm not going to point my finger too much in this direction because it's there if you want to go and see it. But I don't think I should be shining a light on it and giving it any further sort of uh, voice. But there's an article out there that accuses the rise of Skywalker of promoting domestic abuse against women. Hey. There's an article about how the relationship between Rey and Kylo Ren shows him as a controlling, uh, dominant male partner and her as the subservient female partner um, who's a, who's a subject of domestic but violence. She, but, right. but she refuses him at all right. turns. And runs him, look, she runs him round in rings. She if, if, him this, look, after her. if this person <laughs> wants to read um, studies on domestic abuse and then try and transpose in, those into Star Wars, Good sorry, luck. this is... Not that. No, this is not that. This is escapist entertainment. Yeah. You know, It's a kid's film. With effectively, like, yes, it is. Mid, it is. Almost mid fourth. Well, if you had me and Jim into the thing, yeah. If you want to discuss years. Once We're Warriors, let's go and discuss that. There you what go. A cracking once film. We're Warriors, which is is an amazing film and about, about domestic violence. violence. About domestic Listen, violence. If I, like, Sickening domestic I read, violence. I read a thing the other day where Fight Club is everything that's wrong with the male centric toxicity and you know and stuff like that. Toxicity. Yeah, <laughs> I like. I like. I like What's I was, the toxicity of the wine? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to. I was going to say male toxic shit, but I know changed because I'm not. I swear anymore. I like a, I can you're on your of, second bottle of wine, right, you're gonna be swaying. I'm gonna be swaying. Yeah. I, I can kind of accept that, although I don't agree with it. I can kind of accept that someone in today's culture and today's sit there and dissect Fight Club and say this is everything that's wrong with men. Yeah, mm. to me, it's a cry for help from men, but I don't agree with it. But I can sort of see why she thinks it. Yes, this no, 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 no. no. <laughs> no. no. how the fuck is that a domestic abuse for a start? She kills him. Yeah. You're reading far too much. Exactly. Look, that, if you, that right. doesn't require it's that like, level, of, like, level like, of reading into it. When you think up what you feel to be a very funny punchline to a joke that you've yet to make up, and then no. you try and work back then how to create that joke. Mm. It's not going to work. It. It's not going to work if you come up with a punchline first. And if you try and think, right, here is my agenda here, here is what I want to accuse this film of, yeah. and then work your way backwards. If you go into it, it, it it's that thing of... Um, well, that's like sitting there and saying Jaws is a statement about... Um, Global warming or something because well we well we're a front to nature and we should and, and nature get on. fighting back against you know, mankind. Of course you could. Of course you could. Half the time we windu. Old white guy takes out a yeah, cool black guy. You, 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 you do yeah, it again, Jim. Like guy, when yeah. you mispronounce. Conan. It, it's not Palpatine. Did I say Palpatine? You did. You already have a glass. Readers, did I say Palpatine? You did. Oh, Palpatine. You already have a glass. Well, he was a lot younger then. He's Palpatine. Tea. Now he's Palpatine. He's a lot younger. <laughs> yeah. It's all mine. All so mine. yeah, that article is out there, guys, and I thought I'd shared it with you on WhatsApp. But um, I'm glad you did. You might have done it. Oh, I'm glad you did. No, I don't know. It's, that it's bad, and I've 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 looked at it, and it it's just literally someone trying to stamp their the ridiculous or agenda on something where publicity it just, yeah. for their own agenda. Well, yeah. that's that, that's the thing, and I mean, you know, we could be accused of this. We could, you know, with with the sort of rise of Skywalker, we could be accused of. It's easy to hate on things, and let's be honest, it, oh, it's easy. Let, if let's, crap, let's, 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 no, but let's, let's be honest. The way Facebook's algorithms work, it's easier <laughs> to hate. You get more response from hate than you do from love, basically. So if yeah, you get something crazy, you don't get as much. And I can understand why people want to go down that route. Just for the record, like you say, if we say something we did enjoy saying, it's because we didn't did enjoy, enjoy it. it. it yeah. <laughs> There's no fucking agenda there. Find me somebody to love. Right, the I actual, wa- right, I, wanna that, we, I wanna enjoy this. I wanna enjoy Star Wars right. again. It, it was wow. actually right, it was on yeah. we'll get to we'll that. Get to article that. was yeah. on Twitter. I'm not gonna say the name of the Twitter account because I'm not gonna shine a light on it because I think what they're actually trying to peddle is a bit reprehensible. The actual tweet read Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker glorifies abuse and assault against women. 
<sighs> You've got a female character who's got who has dual the upper, lightsabers. Who has the upper it's hand. Be, who has the upper people hand. are going to be trying to fight there. And not only has the upper hand, shows compassion and mercy towards her aggressive... Would they have been a, oh, 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 I don't know. It's, it's not and, worth and, it. And then it's not shows him the end of his ways and converts him. So I don't, see how, I don't see how that works. Can, can, I, can I read some of the responses please to that do. tweet? Please do. Right. Someone has said, isn't playing today, whatever that means. And they responded, we were silent for four years. No more. I've, I've given away what? the name of the account now, haven't I? No, okay. yeah. Right. Yeah, edit that out. Edit that out. Lose that in the edit. No, don't edit it. I'll bleep it. Okay, I'll bleep it. No, but they'll think you and I are fighting. Right. And then someone has responded to that initial tweet. Indeed, we need your brave voice to stand against this epidemic of villains being villains in movies. That's right. Well done, them. Really? Well done, them. They're having a stab there. Hashtag sarcasm. Brilliant. Do you know what? I don't want Kylo Ren to be there. Hey, Ray, you Okay, um, just before we uh, get lightsabers out and, and go to each other, I, I'm not going to go too hard on you, everything, because you're a girl. Because yeah. that would be fucking sexist. Well, then. my yeah. daughter, that would, would be my sexist. daughter would be fuming. Exactly. Yeah. That was the whole point. The female character quite rightly wins, and now it's turned the other way to be she's a mm. domestic abuse. She's a domestic abuse. I don't understand yeah, that at yeah, all. Exactly, but it, again, she's an orphan. Left and abandoned, who raises herself, who pays for her own I meals. Wish she's going to see his eyes. Yeah, who pays for her own meals by working hard at a desk yes. every day. She's a fucking positive role model. You couldn't exactly. believe. Exactly, she is. She was. I, I gotta say, Brad. I got no issue with that. I got no issue with that. She didn't write the she story. Goes, she goes to no. Luke Skywalker gets told to fuck off and says, "No, I'm not." Yes. I'm going to stay you're going to train right. me. She I've, tells him what to do. Yeah. I've gone back and forth on the Ray character. I have strongly disliked her character and the way she's been handled when we didn't know Ooh. we didn't know where she came from and she did seem to be pretty much flawless and invincible. Now, something which has been pointed out. If you're going to talk about Star Wars tropes, the hero in both of the previous trilogies Your has Lord. suffered some sort of physical disfigurement. Um, yes. Luke lost his hand. Yes. Anakin, you know, received in right, between legs, films arms. two and three. Yeah. He, he received a facial scar in between. No, you can't do that anymore. Because that's with the new Bond film. Yeah. That's where everyone's slagging off the new right, Bond there film. There you go. Because the bad guys have got right. baddies on their faces. Right. Well, the fact is, when I see a pretty much inexperienced young person going up against a huge, massive force, yes. then a they... well trained Jedi who turns Sith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. you're going to expect some degree of, you know, they, they, they're going to put a foot wrong. Yeah. They, they, they're going to take the hero's journey by, by basically messing up and learning from their mistakes. Yeah. yeah? Unless he's now, a young dude who's trying to tell us in the second film. There you go. Yeah. Now, Finn. Finn got a big gouge cut out of his back when he, you know, confronted Kylo Ren at the end of the first yeah. film. Why is Ray? why is her character being made basically immune to any form of physical harm. Yeah, I was going to say if you look if you look at this as um, if you want to look at it from a fairness point, that, that's not you, progressive. She's definitely got the upper hand there. It's not progressive. It's not progressive, it's not progressive because you're basically saying you couldn't possibly disfigure. Inj- injure, well, not even disfigure. You couldn't possibly injure her in any way because that'd be wrong. Yeah, that's right, and that's absolute nonsense. You get someone. These are children's films. First and foremost, they are it's escapist fantasy. And if people want to, you know, put their real night real life sort of experiences or someone else's real life experiences onto this, then I'm sorry, it's you just I'd be, I'd be inter- I'd it's be, virtue signaling. I was going to say I'd be interested to know if anyone, take to say this, if any victims of domestic abuse have picked that up, or whether it's just a case of someone who thinks they yeah, should take an offence on yes. behalf of somebody else. Yeah, right. uh. you're not going to find three men who have got more of a, a passionate say- disliking for domestic abusers than us. 
it's just it's reprehensible. We're all husbands, we're all brothers. Exactly, all right? Sons. Yeah. So, and you know, it doesn't even have to be you know uh, male on female. It can be other, other forms of domestic abuse. It can be male on male, female yeah. on female. Trying trying to virtue signal that Star Wars is, is is making a negative comment against domestic abuse victims is just complete bullshit. Yeah. The, the thing is, but then we grew up on Star Wars. We grew up knowing that you could start some, from somewhere and work really hard and get somewhere. That was Luke. Yeah. We also grew up knowing that sometimes it's better just to be cool as fucking winger, thanks it's to Han. <laughs> yeah. yeah. these, these, these were role models in not just our lives, but I would like to think that Ray performs the same fashion. Now, you've got a daughter, you've got a daughter. I haven't, but I would like to think that Ray performs the same sort of fashion for perhaps your daughter. In the first sort of half hour of the first bit of the film, yes, because as you say, she's out there grafting. Yeah. Um, after that... It's all ended to her on a plate. But I will not say, it? right? It's been tiled, I, isn't it? Is I, it? I, I liked, remember the last Jedi enough for it's it. pretty much yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the handling of the Ray character in this film, given the position that J.J. Abrams had been put in by the time he started it. Right? He, now, ha- he has he has done he has done more for Ray in this film yes, than he, he did than the previous. When, two when films. you make Ray a granddaughter of Palpatine, or it's an, it's and, an, and there, it's there, an there, there are a number idea. of explanations as to how he could have sired a child. Look back at Shmi Skywalker. Yes, when, well, Shmi Skywalker, when she describes the fact that there was no father, it was kind of an immaculate conception. Yeah. Yeah. Later on then, in Revenge of the Sith, when Sidious is talking about Darth Plagueis the Wise and how he... Controlled the force. Yeah, and, and, and started to explore things which others would perceive to be unnatural. There, there is in the expanded universe plenty of explanations as to how he could have, you know, done oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Done the, the, the. right. When you make <laughs> when you make fun. when you make Ray a Palpatine, that yeah. does kind of take a lot of boxes as to all right. Well, that makes sense in previous films. The fact that she is so super powered, it does. It makes perfect sense it because in her genetic structure, she is going to be one of these people who is far more. Well, she was um, the granddaughter. The she granddaughter, the not the daughter, sorry, yeah, the granddaughter. granddaughter. But that makes sense, but... To a fashion. To a fashion. But then when you think of the fact that, clearly... The sun, the sun didn't have any of it. No, clearly, <laughs> this has all been done last minute. They've already killed Snoke off in the second yeah. film. J.J. Abrams then has come in, and he's actually approached Ian McDermott and said, look... Um, we, we got a problem here. We've got, yeah, we need to bring Emperor Palpatine back into this film. We need to back... I like the thing he landed in a helicopter yeah, in his right. back garden. Look, <laughs> no, no suitable explanation in the film is given for Palpatine coming back. It was basically... A I was waiting for it, I must admit. It was, but but it none might, was given. It, it, might none. Ex- it might exist. It might exist in fairness to J.J. It might exist. It doesn't exist in this right, two-hour, 21-minute film. I was going to say, but... It does smack of, we wrote a new bad guy, the next guy to me killed off the new bad guy, I've got nowhere else to go but go back to the old bad guy. Um, where, where else did you have to go? Where we're where we looking at, I, I think, what I get from watching that film is that it's a cloned body, Yeah. because he's, he's like the bald queen, he's, he's still being worked on when we see him, for some reason he can't move, he's, he's like strapped why, into why a machine. Yeah, I don't think. Well, I don't know what that's, that's about. That's not the body that was obliterated over and No, no, it's explain, a new it one. Didn't explain why his fingers are nubs though, because that would imply the fact that he did use the lightning to try I and kill Luke. We don't know. We so don't, that know. We don't know. So he's again. strapped. He's strapped into a. He's strapped into a machine, being you know some sort of. He's been fed stuff that he needs to survive on this huge robotic arm. Yeah. And obviously there's the he alludes to Snoke being cloned. He's got loads of Snokes lying yeah, around. Who so hasn't got a Snoke these days? I don't know, I don't know. We don't know why he did that. We have no idea. Right. It, I tell you why. Going back to the writing, you've got to pull yourself out of the film. None of this was planned. None of it makes yeah. any sense. There was yeah. no clearly there was no explanation as to where Snoke had 
Snoke is. comes across as this sort of um, elderly em- and infirmed, yeah, emperor substitute. Yeah. Now, now, if you look at again, I'll play the the game of fairness. Yeah, if you look at the Empire, like no, if, if you if you look at the Empire Strikes Back, it's always been my own personal theory. Harrison Ford didn't want to be part of this universe anymore. He wanted out of it. He was looking for any way out of it. They yeah. thought we'll bring Lando in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to, to the fact that he's virtually well, he's wearing hands closed at the end of flying the Falcon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the end of sort, Empire. They yeah. were sort of giving themselves a way out there. So I, I accept the fact that not everything works out. I mean, if you look at this now, they've made the first film Han story. I don't think there was any intention from the start to bring Lando Calrissian back into these films. No, no. God, no. But when you've offed Han in the first film, I think I, I'm still convinced to this day that was down to Han Solo saying. Look, I wanted to be killed. Absolutely, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Ford. Harrison Ford wanted to be killed. He wanted to be killed. The Return of the Jedi. He wanted George Lucas to kill his character off because he saw he came back as a one shot. He saw nowhere for him to him to go. I I think that was a case of Harrison Ford saying, "Look, yeah, I'll come back, but I would like you to kill my character off." The handling of Carrie Fisher in this trilogy. I mean, she, uh, yeah, look, I love Carrie Fisher, and I was gutted when she went. We all were, right? Oh, I don't want to say this without sounding horrible. She, she she basically ambles through the first film and the second film as well. She looks unwell. But let's, like, I'm, I'm not going to be nasty, but let's just say she looks unwell. No, but but like Harrison, I'm sure she was kind of on the deal of, oh, I've been Princess Leia. You're doing this again to me. All right, I, I I'm you know, I'll come in again, but. Use me sparingly because I'm yeah, quite then, old. Hamill's, Hamill's, you know? gone, Hamill's gone on record as saying that you know he didn't know that he, he, the first film was going to have such a limited. He didn't think he was going to be here for thirty seconds. I mean, the guy would have lost three stone and got a personal trainer. Yeah, for well, months. that's Hamill, isn't he? He's know? a legend. He's a legend. And then if you look at the second film, he said he was unhappy with the way. So I think Hamill and possibly Carrie Fisher have signed onto these films before they've even seen the script. I would think the only one that sort of went. Yeah, it's multi-millionaire. Yeah, multi- yeah. <laughs> Harrison yeah. Ford. Multiple players. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that you know Fisher and Hamill haven't got a couple of quid, but they're not doing as well as Harrison Ford. Right. Today. December twenty seventh, twenty sixteen. Carrie Fisher passes away. Yeah. Right. December 2017, The Last Jedi is released. In between that time, Ryan Johnson, if he was being responsible and if he was thinking ahead towards, I know exactly what you're going to say. Right? No. They should have either brought his story to an end. And had to go off and do something else, or killed her off. She should have been. She should have been Laura Dern's character. Laura Dern's character. Yeah, or she should have been the one to make that the ultimate, sacrifice. Making the ultimate but sacrifice, no, going out like a hero. Ryan Johnson had to bring in yet another strong female character. In fact, one that actually causes problems within the narrative of the Last Jedi. Yeah. By withholding from Poe Dameron important information, which he should have been told, which resulted in him taking rash action, which resulted in a load of deaths, which, was, which uh, then made him look bad because uh, that's Ryan Johnson's agenda. Which also resulted in. Finn and Rose go into that bloody Canto bike, Canto bike oh, casino in Monte Carlo oh. in Space Village that made no sense at all oh, and no. took us away for 30 minutes of the film oh. that had no fucking effect oh, on the storyline. That is the... We content last year. That is the low... I think I in order to look at a lot of the problems in this film, you, you have, have to look to. at the problems which were put in place well, in films one and two. You've got yeah. to think you're addressing the problems in those films, aren't you? You are. And look, this is J.J. Abrams. I'll have a little glass of the biggest problem J.J. Abrams had going into this film was trying to sort out the the story structure from the point of view of it being left kind of in tatters. Can I ask a question? Go on. Why didn't he do the second film? Well, he was only, he was only ever in for the first film. That was the deal. And then you had Colin Trevor, who did the Jurassic World films, was going to do a third film. But he 
left because of creative differences. You've probably seen so the script of the There were three ever. different directors for the three films, three, allegedly. There were three. Yeah, the there first film done by directors and three different sense. writers. That, that would work if you had a guide in hand. If Kathleen uh, Kennedy had been doing her job uh, as the guide in hand, because yeah. look at the first one. George Lucas directs the first. He hands the reins over to Irving Kirshner on the Brilliant. second, genius, and genius. by all accounts, was very much kind of I'm not going to you know Irving Kirshner was George Lucas's mentor. Yeah, clearly you know George was like in awe of Irving Kirshner, yeah. so was just going to let him do. Well, let's be honest. Well, you, Lucas doesn't like directing. No, and you know, he's, he's a very adept behind, director. Yeah, we watching the behind the scenes for yeah. the sort of bonus stuff on the the, the prequels uh, DVDs. And he's basically saying, yeah. "I give two instructions, which is like sort of like more action, faster, faster." Then, you know, he's, he doesn't. And sometimes I forget to say cut. <laughs> but then Richard Marquand on Return of the Jedi, Welsh boy, he was love. yeah Welsh boy, who was yeah. kind of brought in as a director a between. Yeah, who? Right. Well, he was a sort of ghost director. Was yes, I think. he was. He did a couple of think, bonds. Was he? Was he a but, Bond but, director? By that point, then Lucas was stood over Richard Marquand's shoulder, directing Return of the Jedi. Uh, and without, a lot of people without think directing, he was basically exactly, Marquand right. to say. To, yeah. go, to go to Carrie Fisher and say, can you give me more emotion? Yeah. To go to Harrison Ford and say, can you be more yeah. whatever? Yeah, faster, more whatever. Yeah, he, was using, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was using a mouth Faster, more intense. That's might, right. That was the S. Uh, faster, more intense. And we might be doing Mark Brown a, a massive disservice there because he might be... No, he's right. So we're just quoting apparently the, the law of Return yeah. of the Jedi and the fact that, you know, it was... It's one of those things like the... And I don't want to bring up the whole Toby Hooper, Steven Spielberg, Paul Deguise thing, but it is similar to that, yeah? yes. As in, who but, was but the... But for very different reasons. Yeah. Very different reasons, indeed, yeah. But anyway. So, yeah, three, di- three different directors. <laughs> three different directors we can work if you've yet. got a story structure in place that covers three entire films. Yeah, that would be great. There's no evidence of that story structure. None. And we could sit here now for the next hour picking this film apart... That's what it, right, right. Well, again, as we're saying, I keep doing it. If we're using the Marvel standards, if we're using the MCU standards, they're saying which has been in place for a while. For, for how many how many years have my MCU been doing that? So the Marvel, so since two thousand eight, I want you to come and put your spin on our story. Please do. That's how they're doing it. Yeah. Whereas with this, That's they go it, in, yeah. go and do it, go and do it, go do your story, do the thing, and then we'll, and then the next film, we'll give it to someone else, and they'll do their thing, and everything will be all right because it's Star Wars, and everyone will go and see it because it's Star Wars anyway, and everyone, yeah. that's all they're thinking about. You've got to have a world-destroying weapon. Yeah. Says who? Yeah, exactly. Can I, can I just bring that up? I, uh, I hate, I hate this, this ridiculous, ridiculous formula. Absolutely loathe it. The best film in the best film out of all of them doesn't doesn't have the formula. Agreed. There's yeah. no world destroying. It, it weapon. flips the formula on his head. He has the yeah. big battle at the beginning of the film, and we're good with that. We love that. We love that. But why why do we have to have a world destroying weapon? Right. And it is Come. literally tacked on in now, this now film. Now, literally, when you say with the Force Awakens, I almost give him a sort of like, okay, I'll give you that. You, you're coming back, soft reboot. You're introducing a new generation to Star Wars. You're going bigger Death Star. So it's more impressive to the kids and the old and the dads and the mums who are watching it are going, okay, bigger Death Star, I'll let it go. The Return of the Jedi now. No, uh, Force Awakens. Oh, you no, have the Star I, Killer Base. Yeah, I'll no. accept. No, I'll accept that. Let them have it. No, it's bullshit. No, no let them have it because it's a soft reboot. But after it that, shouldn't be a soft no, but, reboot. It's part seven. But after that, you just, But after that, you just go. Now we're moving on because what you got to think is, mm. yeah, it is part seven, but it's part seven. 
in a sort of fucked up order because you had the first three films with the three, four, and five. Yeah, but, true. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, four, okay. five, four, five, and six. Sorry. Yeah. So then you have three. Let's be honest, not very good films. Oh yeah. yeah. So you have to say to people, "Welcome back to Star Wars! Come on, everyone, Star yeah, yeah, Wars! Yeah, yeah, remember yeah. the Death Star? We got a bigger Death Star." And effectively, you're finding a new audience because yeah. they are now three generations of span Star Wars. Audience. Look, I'll be taking my 25 children to go and see it if it's good. <laughs> my son yeah. had seen the original trilogy. He hadn't seen the prequels because uh, I'm a good parent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he can then go and watch Episode Seven because he's seen. Return of the Jedi. So I accept that. So you can sort of bring in the Star Killer base and go, never death star. I'll let him go on that. But after that, that's it. This plan doesn't work. I like Rogue, Rogue One. Obviously, the Death Star's involved, and that's great. And it shows you how you get the thing that we've all been talking about, that stupid flaw in all the again we, we, we mentioned Rogue One on the Solo yeah. episode yeah we, we love Rogue One to this day we, love, we still yeah, love, love Rogue One it's basically it. looking at something and going what was the one glaring sort of fault in that film fixed it well they wouldn't have they wouldn't have had that, that ventilation tunnel fixed right it. This let's is give it a yeah. reason this is and, and yeah and you could, yeah, you could argue there a, throw, a throwaway line from uh, General Reikin General Reikin yeah and it makes perfect sense you know and as much as Rogue One has a sort of split audience, I think people either love it or hate it. Because a lot oh, of people hate Rogue One. A lot of people accuse that film of being boring, and a lot of people say it's only the final act. Of yeah, a lot it. of people accuse it's the, the, the first two thirds, yeah. of it, and it's like, oh, well, I'm oh, okay, not then. then. Okay, but, then. boring is an hour and a half long space pursuit. But nice characters, nice yeah. characters, yeah. characters like pan it out. Uh, well, part, cent- central part central character is a female. Can we get talk about the film then? Right, right. let's go. Look, look. look. What are, what are the glaring problems with this film then? Because oh, I'm going to start with one. The Wayfinders. The Sith Wayfinders. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. The, the dagger. Yeah, the, the dagger, dagger with, the, with the plot on it. Fucking plot. The dagger with the plot on it. The dagger with the plot. But I I, I mean, we, we've we done the crawl. The crawl is pants. I was like, the, fine, you, I was fine with him meeting, meeting Palpatine. I was no, like, no, okay. no, no, because it's not. You, you say that right. This is where the problem That was the last time I was fine with this film, just to let you know. Well, for me that's the biggest yeah. problem is the opening act he finds you see you see Kylo he's up to his arse in, in vengeance and blood he's, he's slicing his way through he's got to find this guy he's he finds this guy and he's like right okay but again can I stop you there Jim he's, he finds this guy as a result of not anything that was set in the last film but as a result of something that was brought up brand new seconds in the opening crawl earlier, seconds it's, earlier well, he dread the call. Awful storytelling. Yeah. Well, this is the thing as well. Palpatine, Awful. there was there was a transmission that the whole galaxy heard. But I was I was all right with that. And yeah. then you and were then all right with that. I was all right with that. I was like, right, because you'd all been grilling right. me, so you've got to give it a chance. I want I was I want all right with that, but I'll side you with slightly. I was, in fact, we're going to find out about. This I thought later. this is this is going to pay off. Yeah, this is going to pay. Later. This is going to pay off. I thought, and then I watched it. I was like, no. Then Palpatine's obviously it's a clone body. It's a clone body. He's on a machine that's pumping yeah, got, stuff into him, yeah. and he, now he's seen well, he's seen Skywalker's boy, and he's you, got Skywalker's you, boys on. You've side. got Kylo Ren has gone on this mad killing mission to find this Sith. What was it Holocron? Uh, Sith Wayfinder. Sith Wayfinder, so yeah. he can find Palpatine. Yeah. But then, when you actually read the synopsis, you know, the, when you the, actually the, no, the, but when you actually read the synopsis, Wayfinder, the, the, it's in the title. It helps you find your way. way. But the oh, synopsis of the Star Wars fans are that oh, stupid. Yeah, oh. but the synopsis of the film tells us. That Ray 
had learnt about these wayfinders from the notes of Luke Skywalker. I don't know how she'd found those because Yoda had fucking blown the library up. So I don't know how she found those. She, exactly. has, she seems to have the Jedi text now. Because everything in The Last Jedi has been undone. So this person oh, yeah. who is that Force-sensitive that she can pick up on anything, she is that Force-sensitive, can pick up that her grandfather, the most evil bastard in the world, oh, is still alive. Uh, yeah, and even though, even though she doesn't think that everything's right, she's, read some, on any she's read some notes where Lucas said... Somewhere there's this wayfinder where you can track down Sith, and at no Christ. point does she. And, and the dead have spoken. They sent a transmission across the universe. What Sith? And she thought to herself, she thought to herself, I don't know what I'll do. Nothing. I'll go to the forest and learn to fight some little mm. robot right. things. Oh right, guys. Let's just Surely quick. the opening of this film is Ray and Kylo Ren racing to get to Palpatine. Ray has to be told by Leia to go and seek him out. Yeah. But, but I don't we, understand why this is happening. Let's not give it too much time because ultimately yeah. this whole plotline should never have come to be. Right. <laughs> the whole Palpatine story is shardly handled and it was brought in last minute to make up for the fact that Snoke had been killed off. Right. Do you remember when Luke said, Do you remember yeah. when Luke in the, the Last Jedi sent Ray down into that cave yeah. and he went you went straight to the dark side I've never seen that before I don't understand why this is. And do you remember in this film where he went, I always knew you were Palpatine's granddaughter? Yeah, so exactly. So he didn't right. fucking know then, did he? No, he, he didn't, didn't because J.J. Abrams has basically gone into this film, and you know, John Arminio put out a great tweet the other day. He said, I really dislike The Last Jedi, but I don't dislike The Last Jedi as much as The Rise of Skywalker <laughs> dislikes it. <laughs> Clearly, The Rise of Skywalker and J.J. Abrams, they dislike The Last Jedi as much as you, me, whatever. Yeah. The only way they had to make this film any good was to honour their mistake. Exactly. Not to point no. out the obvious mistakes. Em- embrace the, the things that Ryan Johnson did. And make sense of them. And make sense of them. Yeah, sense of them. Some sort of clever fix. But what they've gone and done is they've basically Didn't ignored the second the film fix. entirely. He's made a sequel to The Force Awakens, which has pretty much ignored this film. Look at the, look at the amount of things which are not followed up on. Maz Kanata, who hands Ray Luke's uh, lightsaber. How did you get hold of that? That's, well, that's a, a story, story for another time. <laughs> We've come to the end of that story now, and we haven't been told it. Yeah, so now is the other time. Give right. us that story, guys. But look, let, we're gonna fo- we could focus all day on all the bad the stuff. And is in Sky City, and I found it, and that's it. Job done. Exactly. The, the hand fell into the ventilation system in Bespin and was retrieved. In fact, it's actually the, the hand, plot. The it's, hand it's, that Yoda could heal. No, it's a, it's actually a plot in Timothy Zahn's novels, whereby a clone of Luke is created from the hand, the, hand. the severed hand that's found on Bespin. You you can look on YouTube for any number of videos that are going to be tearing this Billion film apart. Different what are the good things about this film? Oh, well, I'm glad you've asked that, Sky, because I'm going to tell you there's absolutely nothing good what in this film. What about the score, Jim? What about John Williams' score? John Williams' score, what, whenever, he, whenever what a character's met, there's nothing I can remember from new characters. There's nothing. No, right. nothing. There's there's all right. old what stuff. A, right. What about the way it handles the Kylo Ren Ray dynamic? Couldn't tell you anything about it. I was seething. I didn't listen right, to okay. his Okay, Neil, I'll ask someone a bit more level headed. <laughs> uh, there's nothing good in it. Adam Driver, uh, again, a very good actor. And this yeah. was the first time I felt he was given a chance to actually shine and actually act a little bit. He's got a baddie leg. Coming out, of that, coming out of that hole. He's got yeah. a baddie leg. He acted that superbly. Um, I, 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 there, there wasn't enough time given to Kylo Ren, basically. I thought, with Kylo Ren, I thought, if you look at... It's not his story. Well, yeah. I mean, well, the rise about, of Skywalker. He's well, he a is, Skywalker. Well, he is well, a Skywalker. Skywalker. But it's Ren. His mother's a Skywalker. So he's a Palpatine. And I thought that, that when I first saw the title, 
<laughs> well, he acted it, that bad, the ankle. He really did, he did well. it well. Oh, After falling down that huge clip oh, that he oh. somehow got out of. Hey, listen, there's, there's, the, unfortunately, the only good parts of this film are cliches. Yeah. Which is basically for, for, so Kylo, not good, for, for Kylo Ren. When he gets to finally speak to Han Solo, which is just a memory. Oh, don't even get started. Now, that's it's, that's a shit premise. But when you look at how bad this film is, this is one of the better parts for me. Stop being bad. Oh, okay, then. When he drops back and his dad, I, and he, yeah, I know. I was like, I'm quite like that. Didn't I kill you? Would be the first thing I, said, <laughs> I wanted him to say. You're going straight to your room, son. But then the other side of that as well, I did like the bit. When he came in and he went to fight all the Knights of Ren, who'd obviously been built up to be saying great, and were, absolutely, <laughs> were absolutely rubbish and totally ignored them. They, they the were more film. of a letdown than what they did with um, uh, Captain Phasma. Yeah. What I did like... More of a letdown than Phasma. What I did like was when he pulled the lightsaber out, and they all looked at him, and he just did a little shrug, like Han Solo did in Return of the Jedi, and I was like, that was kind of cool. That was <laughs> cool. The teleported <laughs> lightsaber? Yeah. The teleported lightsaber? Yeah, teleported yeah, lightsaber. has been going on forever. That right. Has. There's not a lot about this film that works. It brings in... This film, basically, essentially, as we've already spoken about off mic, is essentially at least two films. Why on God's earth? They knew things weren't working out. Look, they've cut bits out of it, they've rushed JJ, they've brought in a new director, they've brought in, like, 17 ghostwriters... They've introduced new edits. They've gone back and done reshoots as late as October. They were still editing the week before. They were editing while they were shooting originally. This is how tight the schedule's been. Why they just didn't say, look, guys, we haven't got a good film here. Let's make one good film, and then we'll look at doing a 10th film. Why Disney didn't want to make... Or better just delay the film. Delay delay the film. No, delay the film. Disney aren't short of money. Right, episode nine, job done. We all thought it was going to be nine films. If that film had ended with an Empire Strikes Back cliffhanger, and then they come up with a 10th oh, film, oh, you're a genius. Wow. Who, the yeah, fuck, you're a genius. who the fuck you're is going to say, no, I don't yeah. want to see it, because they're supposed to come in threes? Yeah. We'd have all gone, do you Yay. know what? A bit of creativity. Oh, this wow. is brilliant. We would have all been here for film 10. If it filmed correctly. Neil's just got your job. And what's, 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 yeah. Disney, what's Disney doing? Oh, we don't want to make... Two billion pounds. We only or two billion dollars. We only want to make four. one billion. Well, no, but you, no, but what I'm saying, if they make a billion dollars out of this film, they could have made two billion dollars out of having two good films. Right. Yes. Well done. Oh, look, oh, look. I'll, I'll, I'll be fair. That's leave it there. My enjoyment of this film isn't based so much on positive stuff. I don't know more so, more so, a lack of negative stuff. There's the, a the lot fucking of politics. The, the politics, right? That were weaved throughout the Last Jedi literally made me want to vomit into my own lap in the cinema right using using a star wars film as your soundboard right for your far left or far right or whatever politics they may be is don't do it don't do it go and make your own film based on your own uh, original great films uh, intellectual property do not do that through the medium of a star wars film and for ryan johnson for doing that i am never going to forgive you i'm afraid I just can't. I, no, it, I, was, it, was, uh, it was just irresponsible. And But then, at least, yes, you did try and do things which are different. He was allowed to do it. He that's, was. That's the difference. He was allowed to but do it. Jim, they, they, they gave him a film. They said, go and, write, go and write a director film. Jimmy, you hit the nail on the head when you said about The Empire Strikes Back being the one film in the series that doesn't follow the, the formula. The, the formula. They, they're not following the formula, making an amazing, incredibly well-written film. And then there's The Last Jedi, where you don't follow a formula, and the film you make is just... Pants. It's 
Empire's, Empire's universe expanding massively. Whereas massively, the last Jedi brings everything to a close. Yeah. When we've got a ninth film that we have to now populate with uh, no plot whatsoever. And you go into the stage when you do the eighth film when you say everything doesn't revolve around the Jedi and the Sith. Everything doesn't revolve around Palpatine and Skywalker. And then you do a ninth film where you go everything revolves around the Jedi and the Sith. Everything revolves around Skywalkers and Palpatine. We watched, you, the, we watched the prequels. Did you no, think? No, we watched the prequels. It was a big Jedi temple. They weren't all fucking cousins. Did you They were think? Jedi from all over the universe. That's right. It was an expansive universe. They were Jedi from all over the universe. They were Sith from all over the universe. The sequel trilogy, where does it stand amongst the other two trilogies? It doesn't. It's so it's, it's, it's the worst. Then, yeah? I, I, oh, I, I, put, I agree. I put the prequels. I, I put the prequels because over the prequels as shonky as they are. The prequels as shonky as they are with such bad writing and, and well, such visible acting. Right? But at least they had a common. At least they had running throughout. Yeah, they had, a, they had an a narrative. overarching narrative, which right. these films don't have. There isn't anyone as good as Ewan McGregor in these films. Oh God, no. Ewan McGregor. Well, by the time he got to the third film, he uh, the third of, the third film. Ewan McGregor. Yeah. You could have the best actor in the world. But if he's not directed in the right way, no. if he's not given the right script, he's not going to have a good performance. And it's only really the third film, those prequels, where I think Ewan McGregor is given the chance to fucking be Ewan McGregor. Absolutely. Yeah. Jimmy, let's be honest. Yeah, I agree with you, Jim. I think yeah. it's by far the worst of the three trilogies. Yeah. These three films aren't as bad as the prequels, and yet somehow they're worse than the prequels. No, they are worse than the prequels. That's, no, just, that's how that happens. No, the quality of the, the, quality of the film... No, the story. No, the quality of the filmmaking, the quality of the script, Directing. the quality of the direction, Shot. is better no, bet in these three films than it is in the prequels. Ooh, but controversial. But the prequels oh, are the, actually better films. The, the, right, the effects in these films, the CG effects and the, and the, the far greater use of practical effects... These are there are little moments it. in the rise of Skywalker to at the very end, right when uh, and again, let's not you know, ask a question of how Lando Calrissian was able to bring the entire galaxy together against. Oh the my first god! Order. You might as well just said on your fucking left. That was just whoop, that was just shot for shot the end of Endgame. I am the Sith. I am the Jedi. I am Iron Man. Yeah. Fuck you. It's so it's literally. Oh, but no, 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 you're not. It was basically Cap yeah, on your was, left. That's yes, what it was. Right. It was fucking portals. And it was how many spaceships can we cram into one shot? That works. That works when Spider Man is swinging it, in. Yes, that works when Star Lord's coming back to life. It doesn't, it doesn't work, work with fucking starships. Nobody it doesn't. Because, right, you think. I wasn't like, angry about this film. On, now right. I'm getting angry. On, getting on angry. Crete, the salt planet at the end of The Last Jedi. Lovely red and white colours. Yeah, because we've never seen that. on a white planet before, have we? No. no. And, and everything in The Last Jedi was new stuff we hadn't seen before, wasn't it? No. Do you remember right, the Rogue One when they all turned up at that tropical planet and they had, you know, the, the attacks that were really good? Because yeah. we'd never seen that before. It was something new it visually. Was, it was just just something it new. Was like, wow, it they felt worked, new. They worked better yeah. than I invited. And then we right. worked out the armour wasn't good and it all made sense. Right. Yeah. At, at the Battle of Crete... There was a call out to the rest of the galaxy to come and aid against the First Order. No one answered. Shit's given none. So now, now, now that we've got the final order, which consists of a, of a strength of, of, of ships 10,000 times greater than the First Order, and everyone wants to turn up. But hang on, wasn't the ending of The Last Jedi, we are the, we are the flame that lights the fire that will spark inspiration across the universe and everyone will come back to us now. Nobody's going to help us right now because, but from us getting away from this and us standing up to it and Luke sacrificing himself was so we would give hope to the galaxy. We begin this film, there's no hope given. No one's... No, 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 it's, 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 it's literally... Ray didn't know it's, lit, it's literally the last scene 
where people come back. They come back because Lando goes and rounds them all yeah, up. Lando. So Luke basically gave his life for nothing. Yes. This film is so full of holes. You know, let's go back to like I say, we look at the the, the Finn being the ex stormtrooper. We get introduced to a whole battalion of ex stormtroopers. This is fantastic stuff. This is stuff you could expand on. This is why did you suddenly feel it? It's explained in one scene and it's never given any attention mm. ever again. The last twenty minutes of this film, you've got Kylo comes out of nowhere. He's good now, by the way. Um, because of a because, because of, of, of Han Solo memory, yeah, Han, and well, his mum dying as well had something to do, yeah. didn't she? Right, vaguely. Okay, we'll come back to that. Let's so I, I, I have no right. idea what went on there. I was so just fuming. She died so she could say Ben. Right, that was okay. what happened. But <laughs> so he's been really bad for all this time, and and now everyone he's killed his dad, oh. and now his mum's gone. Oh, give it a rest, ben. Give, give it a ben. rest, love. You've been bad. Come back now, and he's gone. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I think the implication. Can we really say that that's what it I is? I think the implication was. I know. Last Jedi. Travesty. Kylo's coming in. Uh, so uh, last Jedi, Kylo's coming in in his little Tie Fighter. He's going to shoot everything up. He pauses because Leia's on the deck. He and can't someone, shoot his own man. And, so, and someone else does it. She distracts him in this with the 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 last felt heartfelt Ben. But when she was when no, he went but, to but, kill yeah, Han Solo, but, but, he, didn't want to do that. he looks away. He gets killed, and then Ray uses the life force energy thing to bring him back so he sees that there is good in people because this is something that Jedi can do now because quite quite got Jedi got cut in half mm. Obi-Wan Kenobi got you know sort of slaughtered and no point did any Jedi let, let's forget about the, the original trilogy let's look at the prequels then when you had this massive temple full of Jedis and they were all got slaughtered there was younglings getting killed and everything. No one used the force to fucking bring no, anyone because back I think because is, you couldn't. Again, this is something that's... Because it was a finality yeah. to it. It was, if you Look, die, you die. Yeah, this, film, it, this film kills off Chewie and then brings him back. Oh, there's so many... Oh, there's no, 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 that's wank. This, that film, this film wank. wipes C-3PO's mm. mind and then brings it back. There's no... R2, the good thing is... R2. R2 got a little bit of, a, little bit of time in this film. R2's been in every film. Yeah, but there's no like, peril in this help, film at help all. Kyle Ren. the first one. He's just literally, he's an ashtray until. until I think the main benefactor of this, this terrible plot is C3PO because apparently yeah. his memory was reset back to a period before The Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Well, anyway, I'm When you look at this film, if you look at this film, there's no peril to this film. People are dying and being brought back. People yeah. are getting, losing their memories and getting them brought back. You've got two of the major characters in this film. You've got Chewbacca and Kylo Ren both dying and being brought back. Yes. It's because the whole film is kind of is wank. It's poorly written, poorly conceived. Look, there's two questions to remain. Right. Right. The first one is, why in January is Neil wearing three quarter length trousers and flip flops? I've just pu- I've just pulled up my trousers because my ankles are a bit warm. And the second one is, how was this trilogy allowed to be made in the manner in which it's been made? I God d- alone knows. I can't understand how you can guess Star Wars wrong, especially when you're using. How, the original characters. I, I say, especially when you're using the prequels as how you get it wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's right. When you when Disney bought you this, hope. listen, when Disney bought this off George Lucas, everyone went, "This is fucking terrible." Disney should own everything, and I agree with the monopoly. I agree with all this. How we, much do they pay? Right, four billion. Four how much point they made? two billion. billion. Yeah. How much do they made? Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, oh, that's, that's, that's a business. That's a business. It's fantastic. But what I'm saying is for all the sort of negative press that it was going there, Disney's buying everything. Disney's got everything. I when Disney bought Star Wars, I was just thinking, well, look what they've done with Marvel. They've they've, they've got a good creative lead there and they said, Go away, 
and make really good films and make a shitloads of money and we don't really care what you do as long no, as you by, make by, by the time Disney had bought Star Wars we were well into the MCU yeah and I think the, the switch over um, from uh, Paramount well let's to... be honest they were probably buying Star Wars off the fucking money they yeah. made out of Marvel because well, yeah. Disney actually True. first they started distributing MCU films I think wasn't it with the Avengers in 2012 after Disney had I thought, I thought, bought I, out Marvel I, Studios I, I, thought, I thought it was Captain America so, Captain so are we just saying are we just saying that, that Kennedy yeah. is the shite Fiji I, I, I don't know I don't know if we're being unfair to her it'd be easy I don't think we are I don't know how I don't know how much eating, what yes. I'm saying is I don't know how much creative control she's actually got in which case who has got it Neil because there's it. no overarching yeah. creative control well, no one's got Bob it Bob Iger who owns Disney seems to come up with a lot of comments about Star Wars he doesn't really seem to come up with a lot of comments about Marvel I need a is what I would say is defence right so before we wrap up then with our final scores, is there oh, anything yeah. else that we want to say about Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, be it positive or negative or whatever? It's such a shit show of a film that basically, I know we're trying to pack back the nostalgia, but when you're using plot devices from the Goonies... Oh, or God. Harry Potter. Or Harry Potter. The Goonies thing. The, 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 the fucking dagger, which you've got to take it to a certain part of this planet st- stand in a certain place where you hope that the wreckage from the second Death Star that really would have burnt up <laughs> on re-entry well it exploded the bits we all saw and has landed in the ocean Lovely. and has not shifted at all because the, 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 the sea the most powerful force on earth was that Endor? Any other planet, was it Endor? it was one of the moons of Endor we and think we don't know don't know they, now, they alluded to it being one of the moons of Endor I think at some point yeah, yeah Endor, Endor was the main planet and the actual the one that we have the Batman Return of the Jedi is the forest, forest moon, moon of Endor, of Endor. so this one is the, the, the oceanish moon of Endor. of Endor and the female with a very thin atmosphere punk. where um, stuff doesn't yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, Bliss. Sorry, Bliss. Female, female member of Daft Punk. Bless her. She was there. She was very Daft she Punk, was there. wasn't she? She was very Daft no, Punk. I, I was going to say, I, I understand. Why does she have to wear a helmet? Bringing a fantastic new character in film one, or possibly film two. Don't try and do it in film three. Put her on the poster to make us think she's the new Boba or something. And then it would be absolutely and nothing she's, at all. she's in there for like, nothing what, 20 seconds? Right. Yeah. And I'm quite intrigued by her backstory. She's got a bit of a thing with him. <sighs> She's not, she's could have left this planet, but she's staying there yeah. fighting to yeah. save the youngsters, yeah. the remaining youngsters that aren't being kidnapped to be the new stormtroopers from the first. In order. a Daft Punk helmet. In a Daft Punk right. helmet, which didn't really make a lot of sense, so but it looked guys, cool. Guys, she looks like we, a Power Ranger. Right, we've we've hit we've we've just <laughs> hit, hit on mass. this film, and we just yeah. so much. Jim, give us your final thoughts on score out of ten. Oh, my final thoughts were: it's such a massive wasted opportunity. This this trilogy. We've now lost Carrie Fisher. God rest her soul. I loved the books. I loved the films. I didn't love these films. I'd like to. I'll give it one point because it had Carrie Fisher. You're giving this film a what? A one, one out of ten. A one out of ten. Right. How much? Risible. Right. Make, none of it makes any hang sense. On a sec. How much of that is disappointment? And how much? Of that all is of it. Ob- objectivity. All of it. All of it. What, I, what would you give the last Jedi? Oh, zero. Absolutely. Flat, 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 I've literally never seen a film. Jim, I asked you to bring tonight a level head. Oh, no, <laughs> no, wow. Well, come on. I've never you're you're going to give it one. I'm going to give it one Neil? to Carrie Fisher. Neil. I completely agree with Jim. This is such a wasted opportunity. Like I said, I wish that they'd said, look, you know, this is what we've got. We're going to make a second film and make two goodish films rather than one. That might have been the way. Yeah, make, making one messy rest, rest film. There's so much of this film that could have worked. There's so much of this film that had potential. It's so fucking disappointing. 
The entire trilogy is such a disappointment. If I was going to score this, I'm going to, sc- you know, I'm probably going to score the rise. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker. I was probably scored at a five, and that's basically because I would five. say five I would, I would good gi- things. In I, that would, film. I would give The Force wow. Awakens a five, and I would give ooh, The Last Jedi probably a three or a four. So I I I put it on par with The Force Awakens. No, actually, I'm going to give it a four because it's not as it's not as cohesive. It's not it's, as cohesive. Nothing in it. That makes I'm going to give it a four sense. out of ten. It's a four out of ten. Doesn't make any sense. This is this goes by way of an explanation to Richie based on what I told him when we came out of the cinema. The fact that I would be formulating, I would, I, would, I would be formulating a defence for this film. Well, it can go either way, kind of. When you come out with a film, you can either be fixed in your opinion, or your opinion can improve as you think about things you liked about the film, or you can think of, you can dwell on things you didn't like about it, and they can fester. There and are can, many, right? When I came out of this film, I thought, you know what? From the point where we went to that planet where we first met Zori Bliss, Zori Bliss. from that point, it, it's almost as if someone had shot me with an anaesthetic and I no longer felt the pain, the same pain I felt when Ryan Johnson is trying to ram his ill-fitting politics down my throat in a Star Wars film. I Look, I'm a liberal, but I don't agree with peddling far-left politics in a Star Wars film. And that was the greatest offence that he paid me in that film. Apart from, oh, aside from the fact that we had to go to Canto Bight and watch all of that oh shit. God, it's that a film that okay. I absolutely dislike with, with, with an unbridled passion. And I've shut up about it since episode one of this podcast because I don't want to speak about it on social media and it's too easy to do or, yeah it's it is it is you can put yourself the director you can put yourself in these camps yeah. can't you and it seems to be this thing especially on Twitter where people are going you love it or you hate it yeah. you're good or you're bad that's right we've all given our opinions on it none of us like yeah. it and you know, you know I, I will no give agenda. That, yeah. it's because it's no, bad it's bad yeah. yes it's bad and the from that point onwards in this film after the appalling first act which I thought was so sloppily edited and just an absolute it was a travesty that it was almost as if I didn't really care anymore so I just sat back and enjoyed to whatever degree I could the ride that we were on horses it, what, it was, we didn't even talk about space horses space, space horses. horses space horses, space horses. <laughs> and they weren't even convinced space of space horses they were literally like 1982 three of them took on a capital ship Got in, got out, no questions okay. asked. Because Daft Punk gave them a, a pass. The, mo- and then, the most and valuable then, thing she had. The multi-pass. Yeah, yeah the multi-pass, the yeah. But then, and, and then in, in, at the finale, we had horses. This has been discussed elsewhere, and, and people are fully aware. Yeah, if anyone likes the space horses, then all power to you. Clearly, great, you, you great. Need a they bit of help. Be- uh, the space horses were better than the space camel things from Candlebite. In that yeah, sense. yeah, yeah. If you look at the positives, they took a oh, bad. Jesus, they, they took no, really we no, scraping they, that they, they took a bad thing, and they made it slightly better. So that's Jim, 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 that's you, nice film. Right, Jim, you gave it a one. Neil, what did <laughs> you give it? I'll give it a cry. four. You're giving it a four. I'm a little cry. I, I'm I'm going to go on the fact that I think I've scored The Force Awakens a six. I think I gave The Last Jedi a four, which has now gone down to a two. I'm going to give this one a four. So I think that's nine in total. So that's a film 89 verdict for Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, it pains us to say this. Three out of ten. Three out of ten. Three out of ten for Wars, Star Wars. Is Star it Wars. is, it is. So there you go. Let's put a full stop on that. Because this is so much, so much negativity yeah. this actually got me down. But with hope. There's a new hope. There's a new hope, if you will. It's 
the world more peaceful since the revolution? It is a shame that your people suffered. But bounty hunting is a complicated profession. They said you were coming. They said you were the best in the Parsec. Would you agree? Staying on the theme of Star Wars, let's talk about something else Star Wars related that isn't part of the main saga. The new Disney Plus television series, the eight-part first season, The Mandalorian. Well, obviously, I was looking forward to this. I was looking forward to being shot in the face. Everything, everything up to this point, Star Wars, for me, had been an absolute... Not everything, but you mean everything. Well, yeah, everything. Every, every, everything. Yeah, I, I, no, I like comes. Solo. I like Solo. I like Rogue One. But no, no, everything. I saw Rogue One with you. Yeah, I you like, fucking love it. I love it. I love it. But everything major, everything major, had been just a terrible disappointment. Um, so I, 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 you know, I've been let down so much over it. I was just like, wow, what is this going to be? And I, I switched on, I tuned in, and just. Perfect is an interesting word, but um, pretty much was absolutely everything I hoped it would be. Neil? I was cautiously optimistic because I heard that John Favreau and Dave Filoni were involved. That's and, a good and, I, thing. and I thought, this is a good thing. And then I thought, I was cautiously optimistic because G.J. Abrams did a good, good job on the first Star Trek film. And I was like, I'm going to get burned by this. I'm going to watch this. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get burned by it. End up crying in a corner. And after the first episode, I was like, "That was actually quite good." Lovely. And then when it ended, and this is gonna sound really fucking ridiculous, when it ended with the concept sort of artist paintings, renderings they did at the end, I brilliant. Like, I love that. Lovely. And then I was like listening to the soundtrack, thinking, "I love that." Yeah. And I was thinking, this film, re- this film, this 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 first episode isn't really doing much. Can it sustain itself? Yeah. I was like, "Yeah, okay." The child in me wants to go, "Yay!" Yeah. And it reminded me. It reminded me a lot of watching the first episode of Cobra Kai, where you sort of went, "This is going to be naff," and then you watched it and went, "That was actually quite good." Yeah. And then when you get to like episode two, episode three, you start thinking to yourself, "Can this hold out?" Yeah. And then the more it was going, I was thinking, "This, this is holding out." <laughs> and all of a sudden, it was that thing. I can remember saying to my son when we came out of Solo, I went. Oh, so much relief to like Star Wars again. Yeah. And the more this has gone on week after week, I was going, it's so much a relief to like Star Wars again. I, I went into this 
probably with better expectations because I, I was going into something that was Star Wars related and from what I'd seen of it gave me initially that kind of maybe bit of a Rogue One vibe. Things about this show that I, I came away with thinking it hasn't got that Star Wars score. From that point of view it doesn't really feel like Star Wars. I didn't even notice the score until till about the third episode. Oh, the, the plot, it's, it's, the, it's the, the plot all through all eight episodes is relatively simplistic. It's very much a kind of wandering samurai, lone yeah. wolf and cub Lonely. type tale. Yeah. Right? It's very simple. In a way, it doesn't feel like the Star Wars that we used to. And there were a few episodes midway through the season where I thought that didn't really take the main story anywhere. And I, I think it, it may well just sort of Fizzle. Fizzle out towards the end. But by episode seven and eight, as you guys know, I absolutely fucking love this show. Everything came together nicely. Yeah, yeah you could argue casting that. Casting was good. The, the casting was great. Brilliant. You've got fucking Werner Herzog. Yeah. Hang on a second, my friend. Oh, yes, you got okay. fucking Carl oh, Weathers. We all love Pedro Pascal from yeah, Game of Thrones. Love him. From Narcos. And in this one, he, after that, have you seen that meme going on Facebook where they've got and like Twitter where they've got a scene from Game of Thrones where he went up against the? No, mountain. I haven't. No. And he says, uh, Tyrion says to him, "Why don't you wear a helmet?" He says, "I never wear a helmet." <gasps> and then you see Mister Mandalorian. He says, "Tick less birds." They'll do it. But um, yeah, it, they, there's all sorts of great things. They going are. On in there. They are. But can I just say, I I thought from about the third episode on, I thought this is like. It's reminding me of Saturday night TVs. Incredible Hulk. That, yeah, Incredible Hulk. So it's got Star Wars written on it, and you think it's going to be like a massive cash splash, and it wasn't. It, it did what it did on it, the budget. It wasn't a massive cash It wasn't a massive cash splash. There's only about, there's only about 20 people in the whole thing. It, it, it was yeah, massive. The effects they're putting in. Oh, the effects again. I would imagine this. this, this do you know, do you know the budget of this show? I, would imagine each, I don't know. I, I, $100 million. What, an episode? Or the whole thing? Just the whole a, thing. D- the yeah, whole yeah. Well, so we're looking. That's not even the cast fees. What we're, we're, we're looking at this was like a, a 47 minute episode, is basically the cost of a, a reasonable amount Netflix type film. I was thinking, this is great. This is great. It's not a massive cash splash. It's. There's you are, you are aware, told. Jim, that IG 11 is not a real robot. He is actually oh, a CG in Kevin. Come yeah. on, there's more character in IG-11 than was yeah, in the, all of What I mean is, the, the fact that I look at that and I think, wow, that's impressive. It doesn't look like it was shot on a back lot. No, it's yeah? brilliant. It was all shot you know, remotely in the desert, places which are difficult to, to, to shoot in. Yeah. I think yeah. if, I could, if I could be the voice of reason between these two arguing quarries <laughs> before me, I think what Jimmy is trying to say is, it doesn't reek of, we've chucked money at this. It yeah. just looks good. Yeah, it looks I think, good. I think for a TV show, looks great. to yeah. me... It, the the budget we're, here we're, is is far greater. Yeah, but we're in the era now of Game of Thrones. We're in the era now of these massive sort of productions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. small yeah. scale. It's small scale. To, to I think, I think this, the, sto- the story is scale. small scale. Yeah, but yeah, but the budget I is probably about the same. I oh, know. I think I think no, it's, I'd, I'd say the budget is probably about the same. Battle of the Bastards. Yeah, but you've got the standout episodes of Game of Thrones, I suppose, where they throw the money at. But I would say that the budget is probably about the same as an average episode of Game yeah, of Thrones. But, but it reminded me of all the things I used to enjoy about Saturday Night TV. It was it was small scale. It wasn't trying to be anything. It wasn't. It was just 
dare I say it, something happening in the Star Wars universe. That's right. That had links to yeah. things we'd seen before. Not not explicit, no, not massive, no, no, no. not, not telegraph. Yeah, it? Yeah. it was just this is what this is what I used to do in my back garden when I was ten yeah. with my slave one toy and and off we went off. Uh, to the fact races. you mentioned Jim, the fact that were we all waiting for Boba Fett to show up in some degree? Well, they, they almost alluded to it in one of the episodes. There's a like, couple of episodes where they say it, sneak it. Are we, are we, four, I think it was. Are we glad that he didn't show up? Yes. Absolutely, For because the, it, it makes the universe smaller. Yeah. I, I want Boba Fett to be one of the people that, if you went to the Mandalorian headquarters or whatever and sat down with him and said, what do you think of Boba Fett then? Oh, not much really. Yeah. He's not, not one of our best. Well, I think the interesting... That's how we ended up in the Sarlacc. I think the interesting thing was episode five, enticingly titled The Gunslinger. Yeah was we had the little illusion of, was that Boba Fett at the end? Yeah. With the spurs and stuff yeah. like that. And I think that was as far as they needed to go with this. I will agree with you on the sort of Saturday Night TV thing. Like I've already probably mentioned already, Incredible Hulk, it reminds me yeah. of. Where you've got an established character with established powers. We we, we know what's on the menu here. Yeah. You know, if you, if you push Bill Bixby around, his eyes go all funny, he yeah. says some shit and he turns green. Mm. This was, if you push the mando around if you're trying to baby yoda there's trouble then there's going to be trouble yeah. and it was certain episodes um the dallas bryce howard um episode bryce dallas very very good uh, bryce dallas howard at the sanctuary the chapter yeah. four like, where that reminded me of every great bit of saturday night tv we watched as a kid where yeah. he rides the town he saves the day he saves the villages all the villages are crap everyone said we oh, are we can't fight i'll teach you how to fight we had cara dune came into it and fantastic character cara dune right? yeah i love that you know, you're gonna get no argument. Scout Walker, yeah, Scout Walker. Well, but again, it's it just it was it was the same but slightly different. Just a, that's all. Just a Scout Walker at night, I think. Yeah, yeah. indoors. The fact you had this this little indigenous tribe who yeah. were being preyed upon by these bandits, other, these bandits, bandits who have come by a Scout Walker. And again, mm. like introducing sort of like I say, uh, character. And I think we talk guys. Are we agreed talking about probably one of the weakest episodes? Of this Sanctuary? is the weakest yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, the weakest episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people go on to the next one with yeah. Bill in it, but I quite enjoy that one. Mm. Gina Carrero, oh, I've got to be honest, she's got a little bit of a soft spot in my heart anyway. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> big, big woman. She can't fight in this game. The, the, my she, my listen, problem is she didn't leave with him at the end. Listen, oh, spoilers. If it wasn't for Gina Carrero, you wouldn't have Ronda Rousey, you wouldn't have Holly Holm. She's the yeah. spearhead of female MMA. Right, lovely. Right? Well, I'm a massive fan. But she's, she's making her way as an actress now, and she's actually getting a chance to act as well, because I've seen her in some things, and she's basically just brought on as the chick who can fight. She's getting a chance to act in this film, so in this the series, so I didn't like. But again, we're not asking. We, we, there's no applied, uh, current day politics in the Mandalorian. Well, I love the fact that Clara, Clara June is like, is yeah. there just a fight? Right. She yeah, hates right. the Empire, and that's the end of it. There's no real empire. agenda to it. We say Empire, she says fight. Yeah. We love that. But there's another badass female character that turns up that is is Ming Na Wen's character, Fennec Shand, yeah. the the, the um, assassin. Yeah. And she is built up as being this incredibly badass character. And when we turn up, you know, when she turns up, yes, yeah, she is. But it's sold in a way that, well, yeah, uh, great. Yeah, she, she's Take a woman. Take this red. Take this red. Yeah, you've got like none of these characters are, are, are 
Sure. Uh, written in a way nah. that feels unbelievable. Nah, nah. Like even when Gina Carano is, is kicking ass, she is still getting hit. Yeah. She is still taking damage. Yeah. She is well, not. The Mandalorian as well. You know, well, he, it'd he be is... easy to write him off as being indestructible. But far I, from it. Some of the negative sort of things I've read about is, oh, he gets hit too often. He gets he gets floored too often. You know, some basic sort of um, you know uh, orc type characters knocked him over and stuff like that. And I'm like, that makes the. Of course Character interesting. If you look at John Wick, John Wick is a fucking killing machine. What makes John Wick quite appealing in the first and third films is yeah. he's getting his ass handed to him yeah. a little bit. Yeah. That's in John Wick 3 where they say to him, you're getting old, John, and yeah. start fucking him up. That makes John Wick more appealing as a character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's simple if storytelling. If someone is indestructible, there's no fucking peril. No. But Allah, Ray, Ray, now Skywalker. Right. We never but mentioned that last it, it, week. It can work. Wonder Woman, right? She, uh, Diana Prince is pretty much indestructible. She, yeah. She's a goddess, yeah? Mm. But we don't come away from our film thinking, oh, yeah, you know, t- it, there was never going to be any peril or whatever because of you know the fact that she's indestructible. Yeah, that is clearly established in her character as written well, decades look, ago. If, yeah. you, if you look at the World War One scene and that, the, the peril that's introduced there is not so much whether she'll die, it's whether, it's whether, she, can people will. whether yeah. she can stop right. other people dying. Yeah. You know, so you can play that to its own strength. Exactly, that's right. And like I've said before, Wonder Woman is a prime example of how to write an, uh, an indestructible female character and make her likeable. You know, we, we all fucking loved her in that film. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. was much like Gina Carrero, yeah. With with this, it, you know, you had to you had to sit, wait and watch for the next one to arrive. And you because we we'd gone through the latest trilogy, it was you know, it was trepidation there. You know, they could fuck this up at any fucking time. They've done really well with the first one, the second one, the third one, I'm still in, fourth because I give everything three and then I jack it in. Um fourth one, I'm still here. Fifth one, I'm still there, and it just came better and better and better and better by episode uh, seven. I wouldn't say it got better and better. I gotta be honest, like, say you went to the gun second, and then you got like the sort of prisoner, which I know a lot of people have sort of knocked. I was kind of like, well, this is a little bit like die it's different. Die Hard does Star Wars, or yeah. Star Wars does Die Hard, or whatever. You know, and it always reminded, it almost reminded me of mid season Doctor Who, which is where oh. no, where we're sort of like halfway through a narrative. We need to have a standalone episode, so let's do a let's do an episode where there's lots of corridors. No, where there's lots of corridors. Yeah, because that's essentially what it was: was yeah. people running up and down corridors. But no, but I like that because they were they were they were on a you know against rebels technically. Yeah, and they, they had the whole guy with the rebel helmet in there, okay. and you're like, yeah. and you're like, right, okay, well, we don't want to kill him, are we? You know, and that was clever. Guys, you, you talked about vibes from like so obviously we we mentioned like you know the, the wandering samurai thing, lone wolf and cub and whatever. Yeah. How do we think this compares in sort of tone and feel to other Star Wars that we've seen? To other Star Wars? Yeah. Um, well, it's better than a holiday special, let's be fair. But, I do, but what, in so much as there's yeah. actually visual on-screen cues, which are taking me, me back to a certain the, the, recent the, Star Wars film that we all like. The, there's things that I really love. Like, there's the space battle that happens. Uh, I can't remember which episode. And, and you just think... That's what I used to do as a kid. It was just me, one hand, one spaceship, one hand, another spaceship, and they have a dog fight. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, the guy who's, the guy who's the, in charge the, all of the direct, this. All the directors as well were the yeah. pilots, were they? Deborah Chow was the pilot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the guy who's in charge of this has done that. He's done that. I, th- yeah, I was going to say, I think when you look at like Filoni and, and Favreau, yeah. I think both of them, the, the apparent love for the original films just shines out throughout this, doesn't yeah. it? It and it, it's easy to listen. 
it's easy just to reference things. It's easy the, the famous sort of South Park thing of the remember berries. Remember when? Yeah. Remember when? Yeah. You could you could I I was worried this season was of this was gonna be member berries. I was worried it was gonna be remember when, remember when. It references it. It just gets the balance right. Of course it does. Right, and it, this is why I put in a review of the year for the, the site. They've spent so long trying to reinvent the wheel with Star Wars. Don't have to. And they've just literally just gone with this. They've just gone. Have some speed. Do you like? Do you like Star Wars? Do you like the original films? Have this. This yeah. is the end to it. Yeah. This yeah. is this, this is, is a, this is a this is a story that is happening on the fringe of the galaxy yeah, that yeah, we yeah. know and love. Yeah? yeah. After the Empire's pretty much had his ass kicked and introducing and roles that could perhaps play a part in like you see like the Clone Wars saga and stuff yeah. like that you know it, it's like Star Wars Rebels and stuff like that it's, it, the video games yeah, it's, 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 it's been in little bits it's little bits but it's not ramming it down your throat it's not banking on uh, a reminiscence it's not banking on nostalgia no. it's setting its own world and it's making its own story and like you said, the story is quite simplistic. Mm. It is quite simplistic. That's fun by me. One, one of the things fun. I love best about this, it's set X amount of years after Return of the Jedi, but it is set far closer to Jedi than it is to the, these new films with the First Order. Thank the Lord. Well, I think it's six, Lord. Years, six years after Jedi. There you go. The, that's right. Well. The other thing is, it, it's very much like we've said, um, like Sam, wandering samurai influenced. Mm. That Sam- works. Samurai genre, massively influenced well, you know, uh, spaghetti westerns. Yeah, the samurai, the samurai influence is Star Wars anyway. Yeah, that's you know, right. Yeah, of course it is. You yeah, wouldn't yeah. have, you wouldn't no. have, if, you, if Lucas had yeah. those films, you wouldn't have got Star Wars in the first place. Yeah, they were, you know, they were oh, the, the Hidden Fortress. Yeah, it was a massive influence on on George Lucas. And you got the sort of two peasants there. Yeah, that's right. They are. They are. But this film. Is like kind of like a. It's got a Western vibe, yeah. Love that. And I love but when that. do when do we see a lovely little self-contained science fiction story that had a Western vibe to it? Kind of cowboys in space. Ooh. What does that remind you of? Ooh, it reminds me of lots of things. Firefly, like, anyone? Firefly skins. I was going, yeah, for, I was going yeah. for Battle Beyond the Stars, starring yeah. John yeah. the Bard. That's <laughs> a weird thing with it, all kids. It, well, there's, there's very much like Firefly melded the the the, the Western. Yeah. Like and Christ, there's an episode of this called The Gunslinger for Christ's yeah. sake. So they they are embracing that wholesale. I, I just think the story is very simple. It you know it's this this guy who's he follows a code a code of honor. He's got a job. Yeah. He, he's got to go after this asset, which we later find out is one of Yoda's race. Well, yeah. like we were saying, wow. earlier, what we were saying earlier, when when people look at the short shrift that Boba Fett was given, we're we're talking about this as if like you know I'm giving Favreau and Fellini, uh, Fellini, sorry, um, massive sort of props. To this. This was this this series has been in development for. I don't see Fellini style. Was yeah, Fellini it? style, Fellini. How have we been getting Fellini style? This this has been in development since 2010. George Lucas was going to do this. He was doing Star Wars Bounty Hunters. Yeah, Come on, straight, yeah, yeah. It was all. They it was, was all this was all set up. up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, there yeah. was a Boba Fett standalone TV series that was yes, going to be. Yes, it was. And, you know, I'm not saying Favreau has because Favreau pitched this when he was doing the Lion King. Uh, remake mm-hmm. to Kennedy and he was like I've got my spin on it but he might be grabbing from little bits of existing properties that have already been put mm-hmm. forward game yeah, on you know this. No I'm, not, I'm not knocking him for that what I'm saying is this, there's been a lot of thought that's gone you're probably looking seven eight years of thought has gone into this in some form because yeah. it was going to be Star Wars Rebels then it was going to be Star Wars Bounty Hunters then it was going to be Star Wars I can't remember uh, Underworld or something like that they were going to call it and it was all to do with the sort of bounty hunters, and it was then it was a Boba Fett standalone series. Bosk has been mentioned. I know there's been all sorts when of Pedro stuff Pas- mentioned. When Pedro Pascal there slipped, and when he first auditioned for this, he thought he was playing Boba Fett. 
Mm. So it was still in, it was still being knocked around. Right. It was going to be a bit over series. But what they've done is they've taken the best parts of the sort of Mandalorian thing and taken the best parts of Fett and then put it into a new character. Yeah, they've taken an ideal. They've taken an image. They've taken a, a fan favorite sort of uh, character and put a new spin on it. And when you look at what Pedro Pascal's doing, they're they're putting a new spin on this type of character. And they're putting a new spin on the bounty hunter. Now, there's definitely... I can't see Boba Fett saying, I've got a young... I'm not going to call him Baby Yoda because that's not his, that's not his name. That's what the internet's giving me. The child. Oh, the yeah. child. I can't see Boba Fett suddenly developing a heart. Hmm. But then they've given him a new spin there where he's a foundling. He's not a Mandalorian. I love that bit. Yeah. When, uh, <laughs> to say to anyone would be good. But to say to Carl Weathers... The Mandalorian is not a race, it's, it's a, a creed. creed. And I just went, Absolute genius. Apollo Creed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, without ruining the entire thing. Yeah, because a lot of people haven't seen it. But I, I think it's safe to say, if you're listening to this part of the podcast, you've seen The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. It's we should have given that a warning. Yeah, and we did in the beginning, didn't we? Yeah, we did. But I think. Um, but Grief, Grief Carger, Carl Weathers is Grief Carger. The final episode. Come on, baby, do the magic hand thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like wow. Yeah. Humor that we that, needed in Star Wars. That has been. There's always been humor in Star Wars. When you watch, when you watch but, the but last, to, when you watch Last degree, Jedi, then. and then that opens up with that sort of Guardians of the Galaxy ripoff, and you go, that doesn't fit into Star Wars. Oh, yeah. And people say humor <laughs> doesn't belong in Star Wars. Oh, humor has always it's always been, been in Star Wars. Yeah, it's just the right type. It's been done well. It's never been Saki Star Lord yeah. humor, but which works in Guardians of the Galaxy, but doesn't look, work in Star look, Wars. Look at the cast. Well, do the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room has got to be the child. Mm. Because what is it? And, and you know, I don't want of you to species. I don't want to do. I don't like, want it to turn into Lost, and we'll do 14, 14 series. Let of me this. Let me tell you something. It's never explained. This it. is linked. That's that's going to be the ridiculous this payoff. This is it? linked into that last film because you've got the child he he heal, yeah. healing, yeah, healing yeah, aka Cal yeah, Weathers, yeah, aka yeah, Apollo yeah, Creed, yeah. which we've never seen before. And yeah. then a week later, I'm watching Ray do the you're same watching, trick. You're watching Ray, Harry Potter. I'm watching Ray do the same Ray, trick. Yeah. When she Ray, Potter, Potter, Ray Potter. Ray Potter. In the, the snake. Falling through the floor like Harry Potter. This series is linked in in some way to those films. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, I think that might be its down. But they're not dependent on anything that happens in those films because they're set before it. Thank yeah. the Decades Lord. before. So now, they can reset the entire film. It's untouchable. But again, if we can have the Emperor having a son and a grandson... I can conceive the same way that Yoda can have a son or a grandson, oh, but I don't think he's. Eight, do we really I don't want to go down that but, road. But, no, no, no. but I don't think it's going to go down that road. I Not think that'd be the easy route. It's easily conceivable that Yoda's race. And just four sensitive, massively no, just, huge. Just, yeah, 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 of course. Well, it's easy conceivable that out of a million, let's. We don't actually know what Yoda's race is called. We can't call him the Yavin. We can't call him the, the yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah. Let's call him the Yoda race. It's yeah. easy conceivable that a planet full of like six billion Yodas. They'll chuck up a few. The two would be Jedi's. Yeah, well, no, there's one we've se- already seen. But there seemed to be something about this with the first couple of episodes when you have Werner Herzog's character and the sort of scientist character. They were trying to do something to the baby. The other, they were like trying to extract yeah. something. Yeah, was, yeah. was that midichlorians? I hope you fucking or, so, or something you know along those lines. Yeah. yeah. So what's the, what's the aim with this? We haven't really worked. Yeah, well, that. that's that's my. Are, are they trying beef, to takes the essence of Jedi out of him, or are they trying to harness some sort of power to? Service, it's not re- service than still alive. Well, because as, as we later find out, well, that's to say, if the emperor is still alive, 
I'm not even thinking about links to the main saga with this because I'm satisfied. I'm hoping there's not. I'm hoping there's but I'm none. It could be. There's enough going on within it that I, I'm not left thinking. Yeah, I need to link it into this bigger. I don't want to link saga. it into that. I don't want to link it into those in no. a million years. Well, this is the whole thing with Star Wars yeah. now, right? As much as we say about this massive universe, the actual cinematic universe so far has existed in quite a small circle. Of course, it has. Yeah. yeah, the spin-offs, yeah. Are spinning around yeah. one family. Right. Even the spin-offs. Solo obviously play into the, one of the main characters yeah. from the original trilogy. Yeah. Rogue One obviously play the into plot the, point. To yeah. the plot point in the first film. Yeah. The trick is with Star Wars now, we all say Star Wars is easy. It's universe. How do you fuck up Star Wars? Yeah. It's easy. Well, we've seen how they do that. No, but that's what I'm saying. But that's our main criticism is how do you fuck up Star Wars? Because you've got this massive sort of play mat to play on. Yeah. And you seem to be concentrating on one sort of family right. saga yeah, the easy thing you know, so I'm, it, is... I'm hoping now with the Mandalorian that they go the other way and say do you know what we're going to reference Return of the Jedi we're going to reference Bosk well you're going to reference all these massive characters or massive situations but let's have its own story that's contained within that world tell, right? a, tell a good story no matter what that story may be right? within yeah. the Star Wars universe that's yeah. all you need to do just yeah. tell a good story. I think ultimately... It, it doesn't have to follow some preconceived pattern of a story we've seen before in Star Wars. Have, this first have a world-killing weapon involved. This, this first season has been absolutely a, a shot in the arm yeah, for Star Wars. Yeah. The second season is the difficult, tricky second album. If they get this right, Star Wars has got a future. Yeah, if they get this wrong, wrong, it's going to be very hard to come back from because yeah. this has got to build its own world now within that universe. Gents, what are your highlights from this first season? Um, who, who played the Agnaught? Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte. I love that. He looks like an Agnaught before, before you know, they probably had to do very little CGI on that. They just yeah. went, stick your face in there, Nick. Thank well, no, he much. was actually, the actual, he, he did the voice. The actual yeah. character. But it actually so does much. look like Nick yeah, Nolte. Yeah, 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 it does look like Nick Nolte. That's that. so much he is convincing. I love that, I love character. that, I love that. Um, Speedbikes love that. Skywalker loved that. The Child, Genius. I love the whole... I'll tell you one of the things I love. I love the, the whole thing about the Mandalorians. That was great. But I think we neglected the Jawas. The Jawas yeah. are yes. thieving little shitbags. They were, the, scene, was, the scene with the sand crawler. Yeah, it's brilliant. The, yeah, but also, also, the Mandalorian kills them by the bucket load. Yeah. And they don't care because you're a thief. Because the, the, they're all about the money. They're, yeah, they're all about the money. It's like, yeah. yeah, you got caught, you got shot. Happy days. And they don't, they don't seem to hold it against them. They slaughter them wholesale. And I like that. And they sit down with them and they say, well, get us the egg. And I thought that was brilliant. And then it's just like, we want the egg. Mm. We've got the egg. Yay, we've got the egg. Huge egg party. And it literally is just an egg. <laughs> yeah, and that's the beauty of this. And Like I say, throughout this season, for, for so long, I was thinking, am I just enjoying this because that's a child in me speaking to me? Am I just enjoying this because this is what I finally want to see? And then as the story was going on, I was thinking, well, like I say, with that episode where we went to that sort of prisoner ship, I was thinking, well, I'm kind of enjoying it. I was reading criticism of it on social media. And I'm going, I, yeah, I see where you're coming from. This is a bit of a non-starter, this episode. It's just spacemen in a tunnel going pew, pew. And I was like, but I'm kind of enjoying this. I love that. But then when you move to, like, episode seven, episode eight, and you say when you get, like, um, Giancarlo Esposito as Moff Gideon, yeah. And it's like, uh, genius. Yeah. yeah. But this is like possibly one of the best bad guys I ever saw yeah. was his character in Breaking Bad. Agreed. I, I was like, just like, he's so fucking polite. He's so nice. He's, he's the type of guy that if you bumped into him 
in a, in a shopping mall with, and you dropped your bag, he'd pick it up for you. But, but, he can, but instantly slit your throat yeah. if you crossed with him. With a dart blade. And then the sort of little grandiose speech he gave about, you know, you shouldn't trust me and you probably shouldn't trust me, but now is the time you should trust me because I want something for I you. I want this yeah. thing so, more than you could ever do. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, can't yeah. even guarantee I'm not going to kill you. But yeah. And it was like going back in time to watching Breaking Bad. And then episode eight, when he gets in the tie fighter and he's shooting, and I was like, and then he comes up with a fucking dark saber. And I'm like, yeah, dark, dark saber. saber. Which, which, yeah. And you've got the dark saber. That's, that's a bold move. But you've got the one yeah, sort of tie, the one sort of tie bold, in because yeah. the Mandalorians and the Jedi's the first Jedi Mandalorian, wasn't it? Had a dark saber. He didn't have a lightsaber. Yeah. And it was like lost for so many thousands mm. of years. And then there was a big hoo-ha. There was a lot of hoo-ha. There was a lot of hoo-ha. Lot of hoo-ha. And then Moff Gideon was the one who got, got it from the well, temple. Wow, well, we don't know yeah. where he's got it from, do we? Yeah, he got it from the Jedi Temple. So any other like favourite moments for you, Neil? Oh. For me, mate, I've got to be honest. Like I say, Cara June as well, I think, is she could have her own spin-off series. She, yeah. You could have a prequel series with her. How did she end up in that village? Yeah. Things for me is... Shot trooper. Go back to the bridge of the Executor in the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, classic, they're all lined the classic up. bounty under scene. They're all lined up. Oh, and you've yeah. got oh, IG88, yeah. who's pretty much static and kind of like yeah. you can see some technician underneath is shaking him a little bit. <laughs> and then you've got in this show, bearing in mind his design, the fact he's got that rotating central everywhere. eye thing, and he is able to see everything and then react to everything. And the modern day equivalent of him seeing him in, in action is like. Wow! Yeah, he actually the design of him actually yeah, works. Yeah. But, he, but yeah, when he was shot in shot in the right. episode, you're like, oh, he's definitely. Going you back. mentioned speeder bikes. Yeah. Oh, For me, mate. the greatest scene in the entire series is that conversation at the beginning of episode eight between the two biker scouts. <laughs> yeah. That and he keeps is hitting, he right. keeps hitting the child. That yeah. one. Yeah, that, yeah, that that the whole scene there. Jason is uh, Jason uh, Sudeikis or whatever his yeah. name is. It was it, the, uh, that is as much humor and the right type of humor as you will ever need in Star Wars. Yeah. Well, they're missing with the blasters, right? Because <laughs> we we have seen right how many countless hours of the Empire and the Imperial troops have we seen, mm. and we see a little bit in the very first one back in seventy seven of two stormtroopers talking before Obi Wan distracts them. In fairness, they do it in. Um, we've uh, seen loads of in Family Guy. No, I was going to say they do it. They, yeah, we, yeah. But they do it in um, uh, Force Awakens when Kylo Ren's going kick ass yeah, yeah. and getting he's getting like all emo kid and smashing the office up. The two stormtroopers walk out yeah. down the corridor well, and yeah. turn around and go the other way, like. So, but yeah, this whole thing of those two biker scouts and he's yeah. like, oh, he just, he I just, want to see it. He I just, just, he just chokes, yeah, yeah. chokes some guy to death. <laughs> <laughs> I just and want that, to see it. And that could have easily gone wrong, mate. That scene yeah. could have easily oh, gone wrong. Oh, I know, I know. But, but in the hands of a master. It is. Yeah, but it we're is. looking. We're looking. It's Taika Waititi directing. Taika Waititi Favreau right and, and right, again kudos to Deborah Chow for episode 7 which is also absolutely fantastic yeah. right John Favreau from a directorial point of view kickstarted the MCU yeah. he created one of the greatest modern day Christmas films we've ever seen in we our love that yeah. and now he has breathed a new life into Star Wars saving Star Wars right let's bring us to, wrap this to a close okay what are your final thoughts and oh. your scores out of 10 for the first season of Disney Plus's The Mandalorian Okay, I I absolutely need it like I like you wouldn't believe. Mm. Massive, massively apprehensive, and I've got to give it a solid eight. A yep. Solid eight. It, it shouldn't work. Very solid eight. It shouldn't work, but it does. 
there's numerous things where I could mark this season down on, but I'm not going in. You don't want to. Because I'm just enjoying it. Yeah. I think you're being generous with it. Yeah, I'm being generous with it. You're usually the really? Star Wars fanboy who's looking for good and everything and will go higher than me or will go lower than me. No, I hate, no, I hate, no, I hate no, shit. No, but you will go lower than me because you hate things more yeah. than me. Well, I don't more, hate this. I love you, this. No, you're more passionate. What I'm trying to get I want to give it a 10, but I thought I'd better You're more passionate about Star Wars than I. So yeah. if I watch like uh, the Rise of Skywalker, and I go it's a five, and you go it's a zero. Yeah. I'm going to give this a nine Ooh. because I have thoroughly enjoyed every episode of this. I've looked forward in this in this sort of Netflix mentality we're in, when you go yeah. binge yeah. watch binge everything. It's been refreshing to go back to I know I can watch this every Friday. I've looked forward to every Friday, and I've enjoyed every Friday. It's been great. So just from my point of view of being 44. And 14 again. Yeah. I'm going to give this a 9. Beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. For the most part, going through this series, I was, you know, at, at first I was thinking, yeah, yeah you know, this, this, is, this is a high 8, you know, yeah. it's a high 8 easy. Then when some of the episodes sort of went off the bar, I thought, oh, do you know what? This is going down to a low 8 now, maybe pushing into, into 7 territory. And then episodes 7 and 8 turned things around to such a degree. <laughs> I, I, they actually brought together a load of plot threads and characters that we'd seen like it reintroduced IG-11 uh, yeah? yeah we knew that was right. we knew that was well I, I didn't that's the thing I didn't and it gave us an almost sort of open door to season 2 that if this had been a standalone mm. I'd have accepted it well, he's, on his, he's on his own again man. he's on his own again Go, going from the point of view of this is a TV show and to me I actually think that they've chucked a hell of a lot of money on it yeah for, for me there was there was a little bit of fat here and there throughout it um a few episodes that sort of you know they were a little bit felt like filler but by the time we got to the end of it yeah we're happy I, I came away overwhelmingly positive and well, this is what you got to think you know you're watching the equivalent of a six and a half hour film so yeah. we are going to you know a seven right. hour film yeah. so we are going to have some filler can, I, can so, I just put my hand up now if anyone's got any of those post-production paintings that oh, you they find are beautiful. can I have one they're of those beautiful. I'll take any one I don't no, care which what one what we should all be saying is I, I'll take one what we should all be saying send is them we all appreciate this podcast and we all love doing this podcast and one of our guests on this podcast is a very talented artist by the name of Tony Stella <sighs> He is, isn't he? And if, if, if he He's wa- a lovely fellow. If he as well. wants to do any of those reproductions or do his own spin on them, I'd love to have one of those on my walls. I'm saying. Tony Stella has got some very passionate and strong feelings about <laughs> Star Wars, and he can't wait. Right. I think he's he's certainly one of the people that will benefit from a show like this. You have introduced you have interrupted my sort of final rap about sorry, it, but sorry. I do I, I'm gonna go with you, Neil. Um, I'm gonna go for a nine. He's gone for a nine. I'm gonna go nine out of ten. So I'm just a curmudgeon. Jim. I am a lot older Jim, than you. Boys. Stop, stop, stop. You know when you were young passionately hating the last trilogy? Yes. And you thought I've gone too far. Yes. I'm going to give you a chance right now to reconsider. go back and reconsider your score for The Mandalorian. Based on pure enjoyment. Okay. Uh, well, I, it, it won't affect the final score. Bear, bear, in mind, bear in mind that I have a girlfriend who's who's in love with the child. I've given it an eight based on the fact I need it panned out effectively. But no, we'll just ask you to score the first season. Just score on your enjoyment, Jim. Go on. Ten, is it? It's a huge ten. It's a massive ten. Right, so there you go, guys and girls. As you can see, Jim Cottle is not irrational. Far from it. But it doesn't affect the final score. Uh, Film 89 verdict for Disney Plus's The Mandalorian Season 1 of 9 out of 10. We like Star Wars again. So you, you've had you've Star had the Wars, good yeah. and bad of Star Wars from and this the ugly, episode. And the ugly, and the ugly, back. yeah. <laughs>
Oh, Neil, are we going to thank everyone, uh, as we always do every episode, for their continued support? Or are we now going to take them for granted to be the divas that inside we know we're <laughs> what, dying to What be? we're going to say is we've already thanked everyone for all the support they've given us. What we're going to say is that 2020 is going to be the year of Film 89. If you thought you liked what you heard and what you read so far, let me tell you, my friends, you ain't seen nothing yet. 2020 is going to be the year that Film 89 ascends. <laughs> I, greatness. I, I don't think we could have said any greater than we have for 2019 and for I've that, had a few listen I've had a few you've had I a don't few, mind a yeah. <laughs> no thank you very much from all of us for the support you've given us throughout 2018 and especially throughout 2019 we're we're still out- massive in Japan We've 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 conquered several countries so Japan, far. Wow. We, we, look, we don't want we don't want to talk too much about Portugal. figures and stuff like that. But Bless the Japanese. Hey, we're doing well in Great Britain as well. We, we are doing exceptionally well in Great Britain. Our Fantastic. home turf. And can we just, can we just say to all the other? Um, I'm not going to say rival podcasts out there. All the other, we podca- all, the other all the other podcasts that we appreciate just out there. Friends. We're still listening to you guys. We're still listening to Saturday Night Sleepovers. We're still listening to the Cine Files. We're still listening to all the quality podcasts out there. I'm always going to give a massive shout out to the wrong real podcast because let's be honest. I can't sleep till Stan, I heard it. Stan is the set there. And it, well, it, it wouldn't be, if it wasn't for them, uh, we probably wouldn't be uh, in existence. We definitely would. We, 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 we love them more and we get, you know, we get massive support from them and we, you know, we, we do the same back. We just got a, a fantastic, you know, listener base and also, you know, our, our friends and, 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 and allies in the, uh, you know, the, the film Twitter community. Oh, yeah, I've got to give them... Um... Right, I'm going to give uh, Moose Matson a massive shout-out. <laughs> Our little predator standoff that we had was one of the most funnest days I've had on Twitter in my entire life. You were an absolute star that day. The impressions got ridiculous. At one point, my son was playing an electric guitar. It was the most fun I've had on Twitter. Moose, you're an absolute legend. Tell me a film you like. We'll get you on. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely have to get Moose on as a, as a guest, definitely. Yeah, so um, thank you very much for your continued support throughout 2019. We are just all completely incredibly humbled by all, all, the, all the positivity we're getting from our, from our many listeners. So please give us a, a like and a subscribe and a recommendation to friends and family. But most importantly, if you could, this is a free entertainment service that we're giving you. All we ask is... Get on iTunes, and if you haven't got an Apple device, get on someone else's. Hijack their phone or their iPad. (laughs) (laughs) And just leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts, because it would do us a great deal of of benefit if you could. Please check out film89.co.uk, our huge uh, multi-part rundown of... You know, 2019. It was nine parts, Neil, in total, wasn't it? Nine parts. Yeah. And there may well, there may well be people who've yet to contribute to it. No, I've got to be honest. Thing. It was, it was good to read a lot of people's opinions on the same subject as well, because there was a lot of variation there. Yeah. But I, when you get to people like Bill Scurry and uh, Jacob Rivera as well, fucking hell, Jacob's mentioning films I didn't even know existed. They're making me so yeah. seek him out. So that's, that's what great. we all do, and that's we what love all that. Are. All of our friends in film Twitter and the wrong real community and all, all the you know the people we associate with from other podcasts you know we we all look after and support each other and you know we we love you all guys and girls. We we'll raise a glass. We we'll raise a glass. glass. It's twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Here we go. No no. Here you go. Right. If I'm giving a big shout, out, there's a young man stood aside of me here, Mr. Zach Gaskin, who's been very quiet again throughout this podcast. Always gives me support, always gives me love, and most of all, puts up with me when I'm shouting at him, when I'm trying to write stuff, and he's playing his electric guitar. We really just let him out of this cupboard under the stairs. <laughs> you, you can check me out, as always, on uh, at, at Neil underscore Gaskin on Twitter. If you could do me a favour and follow him at Zach 
What's it, Zach Askin Music? Zach Askin underscore music. On Instagram, that'd be a big help. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, Jim, where can people find you if they want to ask where you've been the last year and a half? Oh, I tell you what, you can, it's still on that park bench. Still on that park bench outside the multiplex. Are you on Twitter and Facebook? I am, yes. Where will they find you, Jim? <laughs> Put Jim Cottle in. Uh, don't you, Google no, it. So you're Jim, Google you're it. Jim Cottle on Twitter. I am, yeah. If you and want you, a load of abusive texts, go for it. Are you James for, Cottle on Facebook? Yeah, probably. It's, I don't know. It's guys it's and girls. I think um, we're, we're going to be having to wheel Jim back to his... Uh, <laughs> Back to his assisted domicile. Can I just apologise? It's been a lovely, festive season. New Year's just happened. We've all, we've all had a drink tonight. We've all had a drink. We've probably ranted a bit uh, ranted a bit more than we should have amongst our yeah. wars tonight, but I hope you enjoyed it anyway. And you can you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at Sky Movies. You can find us all at film89.co.uk and on Twitter and Facebook at film89uk. As usual, stay safe, stay happy, but most importantly, stay classy.